0: Hello Chomp Nation, welcome to another episode of the Chomp Cast, the official video game podcast of Sword Chomp, and a podcast where if you listen long enough, you will be amazed at how we are still going, as it is our 250th episode. That's right, no, no foreplay into this topic, we have been doing this whole podcast thing for 250 episodes. Coincidentally this also happens to fall upon our five-year anniversary. We may be stretching that date by a few weeks, but this is when we're going to celebrate it just all at once. So to some, 250 may seem like a small number, but to us, it is an incredible feat that we have survived this long and we are thriving, baby, I tell you what. Seeing as it has been five years since we founded Swordchomp and made it into what it is today, we figured that there is no way better than to reflect on the past five years of gaming and ourselves simultaneously. That's right, we won't be fully self flating We aren't going to full Marilyn Manson on ourselves. And I, I don't know if you guys remember that stupid playground rumor about him and being able to flate himself. I don't know if you guys remember that, but... Man, kids can be so bored. That's all I'm going to say about that. We are also Mm. going to be reading some of your favorite moments of the past five years in gaming. I have a surprise for the guys later, which I am excited about. After that, we have two weeks, two weeks worth of gaming to catch up on. We took a nice little break last week. Uh, Somebody had to go somewhere or some bullshit, but... Anyways, we will be discussing Pokemon Unite, which is the new Pokemon MOBA. We're going to talk about some more Ender Lilies. We're going to talk about some more Skyward Sword. We're going to talk about Omno, brand new interesting game. We're going to be talking about Narita Boy yet again, as I have finally gotten around to it, and we're going to be talking about Last Stop. And last of all, we have some wonderful poll results to read out and discuss because we love getting you the listener involved. And speaking of getting involved, if you ever are curious or interested at getting involved with the show or with Sourchomp, you can head over to sourchomp.com to find out all the exciting ways to do just that. But more on that later. Let's put some names to voices, gents. Let's do that. So first, I am joined by the editor himself, He's the man who needs you to subscribe so he will survive. None other than Rich Meister. Rich, how are you doing on this lovely evening? I'm good. You said earlier that we needed to take off because someone had somewhere to be. As I recall, that was you. I know, That's that's that was the joke. I know,
1: but I just joke. wanted to draw attention to it. And your oh. other your other reference there, I mean, I have no memory of that evening, so I don't even think that matters. Uh,
0: of the maryland manson <laughs> i don't know no if no you remember no the, uh, of oh. the subscribe
1: i have no memory oh, of that evening
0: okay. that's okay that's okay the, i thought you were I talking remember. about the maryland manson
1: no no i don't i don't think we're supposed to talk about Marilyn manson anymore
0: not anymore not in, like i felt weird writing that bit but i was i was writing it in reference to when we were children and I don't know if this happened on your guys's playground, but I remember someone would run around or elementary or junior high school. It's all—it's kind of a blur when it exactly was, but I remember some kid told me, "Hey, you know Marilyn Manson?" And I was—I would be like, "Yeah," but I don't really know who it was because I—I I didn't want to seem uncool, of course. And he's like. Do you know that he had his ribs taken out so he can suck his own penis? And then I was like, whoa, that's crazy. Fuck that guy. That guy's stupid. And then I'd go tell other people that stupid rumor, even though I never confirmed it. You remember those days? I remember those I, days.
1: I do remember hearing that and thinking that's incredibly stupid. And thus stupid. Facebook was born. Yeah, Mark Zuckerberg really had his work cut out yeah. for him. So yeah, kids, go Google search Marilyn Manson inflation.
0: <laughs> inflation or fellation safe search off i <laughs> actually don't search marilyn manson he's kind of a turd now well, yeah I mean, he's, he's been a turd pretty, for a pretty i'm
1: but... pretty sure he's a child predator
0: uh he, he's many things and i yeah we're not here to discuss that though we're here to discuss video games and we're to, here to discuss for the moment you rich how was your
2: week
1: Oh, uh, it was fine, you know. Um, nothing Did you, to... in fact,
0: survive? Did I what? Did you, in fact, survive? Did somebody mm. subscribe? No. So you could survive? I died. I died. No, I died. Well, uh, it turns out that this podcast is also going to be a memorial service for one rich meister. It's a post-mortem
1: podcast.
2: That sounds kinky. It is not. (laughs)
0: Well, regardless of whether it's kinky or not, Rich, I am glad you're here, dead or alive. uh, Survived or not, whether someone subscribed, I'm glad you're here. Next, I'm joined by your favorite critic's favorite critic. One who will let nothing slide past him, even if that means pushing off the neighborhood kid off of their slip and slide just so he can do it first. It's none other than Joshua Fowler. Josh, how are you doing today? I mean, the kid had it coming. (laughs) He had it
2: coming, and
3: then he was going right off of that slide. We all have that coming. I hardly see how, you know, a few decades. Not a big difference. Um... It is
2: what it is. He wasn't going to miss anything. Yeah.
0: Well, he's not anymore. Was he going to go tell his mom? Nah.
3: <laughs> She's dead, too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this intro Rich. is dark. Huh. Ha. Okay, so that's it. Rich didn't really answer how he's doing this week. Now you know how he's doing this week. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, I turned Josh killed a child into Josh killed an orphan, and I'm the
3: bad guy. Strange how
1: it
2: somehow Whoa, sounds I worse.
3: Mean... Doesn't make sense, but it somehow sounds worse. You know who else
1: was
0: an orphan? Batman. You're welcome, kid. Mm. And, that, and that orphan's father's name? Sirius Black. And the
2: little boy from the story? George Washington. <laughs> <laughs> and his teeth were not made of
0: wood, but in fact were made of peeps, marshmallows. It a wood composite. I, mean, I wonder if Peeps are wood composite. If anybody out they're there, they're mostly sawdust. Yeah, if, if anyone wood wood out there product. works in construction and can confirm or deny that, that'd be that'd be wonderful.
1: If you work in construction, I don't but, um, know that that's something you should be able to confirm or deny. Maybe if you work for Peeps.
0: I mean, both. What if they work for construction and Peeps? They do construction in the Peeps factory. See.
1: To a world... Oh, sorry.
0: <laughs> We're gonna get copyrighted. Yeah, because I was so
1: word. on key oh. that that's something we should worry about.
0: It was It was beautiful, Rich. I cried The owners of times. Gene Wilder's
1: estate are
0: coming for me. They're gonna do something. But, Josh, I, you haven't really got an answer. I wish you guys could see Josh's <laughs> what face are you doing all this of week? this.
3: <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Um... just just so busy i am worn out we are trying to get everything ready to move which uh yeah. even even we're, we're still a few weeks out from that but currently getting the house ready to to show so we can sell that which is a lot of work that uh, we've not had to do before cuz we've always you know moved from a rental or uh, or something so uh it's just an extra hassle that we were not prepared for prepared for yeah So it's just, it's a lot more work trying to get ready to move yourself, but also do it in a way that your house looks clean the whole time, and it's, it's a lot more work.
1: Yeah, I guess I never considered that, that the timing of that is just impeccably bad all around, because, like, you're moving, Mm -hmm. and you need to show this place in, like, a presentable fashion, so it looks like a livable space someone might be interested in.
3: Yeah, exactly, exactly, and it just makes everything way more effort uh, to accomplish the exact same thing, so.
0: Yeah, I can't. I told. I was telling you this privately, like last week. I can't imagine the stress of trying to move yourself, move your family, and trying to sell a house, uh, even if it's supposedly a seller's market. I really couldn't imagine just like tackling that stress. But the one good news I think out of all of this, Josh, is that um, the slip and slide that you stole will be front and center at the front of the house to debut for any mm-hmm. potential. Family you have that to wants slip to and slide
1: him. inside to it, actually.
0: He actually, what he did was he coated the stairs with some kind <laughs> of, so I don't know, water-resistant material, and then he made a little trough at the bottom, and you slip and slide down the stairs.
3: It's okay. just like, "Gadunk, gadunk, gadunk." There's nothing pleasant about that. No, it's about the worst way to go down the stairs.
2: Well, I there are worse. worse. There
3: are wor- there are worse.
0: I thought about it. There before. are worse. There. Ever, We're not going to discuss them here. You guys ever do that thing when you were a kid, where
1: you got into like a, a laundry basket or a plastic bin and just rode it down the stairs? Mm-hmm. Yep,
2: that's
3: fun. Yeah, yeah. No, a lot of the a lot of those like synthetic materials have really low friction on them. You can you can build up some speed. S- speaking of which, kids, next time your parents aren't watching you,
1: a lot of kids listen to this. The, show.
3: Those those trays that they uh, that you the cookie, the you get your heats. meals on whenever you. Uh, Whenever you're at a fast food Whenever restaurant. Whenever it's chow time you, you at You take a one of those with you onto the playscape, and the combination of the low-friction slide and then that tray that you're then sliding on... It's ridiculous. ...will get you just ridiculously close to zero friction, and you will fly
0: down that slide. You know, you think about that. When you're, when you're at that age, you don't really think about the, the risks. But now being in my 30s, I'm like, man, if that kid flies forward, could snap his neck immediately. Mm-hmm. Like, should have like you didn't think about in your.
2: But your... I didn't care.
0: I was just having fun.
2: That's
0: true. That's true. And I respect people who can like not worry about those risks as much. You know, like I, grant I don't let those things kind of like dampen my day too much. But like there are times where I'm like, man, you know, when I was in my. My teens, early 20s, I would have totally tried to jump over this thing just to prove it to myself. Now I'm in my mm-hmm. early 30s, and, and like I could probably still easily land the jump, but I'm like, you know, if I fuck up, I'm face planning and my body doesn't regenerate as easily as it did in my, you know, yep. teens.
3: Yep, I'm looking at nine months
0: recovery just to, you know,
3: and it's worth with it. With this a bit, it's, uh, it's and, probably not worth it.
1: You know, when I think right? back, When I think back to those early days, like my young, young childhood and doing that like laundry basket down the, like doing the laundry basket down the stairs in an apartment building is probably the closest I've ever gotten to performing one of the same leisure time activities a child in the 1940s also performed. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. Interesting shit. i played the shit out of stickball and (laughs) stick hoop.
0: Good times. Good times. All right. And. Really quickly, I am Mr. Swipe Right. I once displayed my talents on Dora the Explorer, but now I reserve them for the dating apps. They call me Shay Layton, and today, uh, the swiper, no swiping, kind of, you know. Yeah, no,
3: Anyways, no, I'm um, thinking about it. It's it just, doesn't sound the good. Con- the context, they're kind of all of sudden made that much. They w- that was not a thing. It sounded very It was very not a sexual. thing when it was made, but now, in retrospect, it's uh, it's a little weird. You made it weird.
2: You know, I'm just going to go. So,
0: sorry, sorry. I wasn't saying like I was going into Dora the Explorer swiping right or left on people. Whoa, no, I was whoa, saying that
1: shut the, whoa.
0: <laughs> I was saying that my skills originally lied in me trying to steal from Dora the Explorer. Oh, and when it didn't oh work okay, out, good, good. I translated so just those skills children, into a more yeah. marketable skill. Good,
3: good, 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 good.
0: Yeah, yeah. Just to clarify that, I know that there's some people out there that were like, eh, what the hell are these guys talking about? But um, no, I'm glad I could clear that up for you, Josh, and for everybody ever, listening. But
1: did anybody ever watched the Michael Bay Dora the Explorer movie?
3: No, I have not gotten around to watching the live action Dora the Explorer movie. Well, I've heard
1: very loosely that it's like a two hour bad SNL sketch, and you're not sure mm. if it's
2: supposed to be. Yeah. I didn't know Michael Bay made
3: Yeah, there,
0: there's Yeah, a, yeah, the a live Explorer
3: action film. Dora the Explorer, Dora the Explorer movie. movie.
1: You should look up a trailer huh. cuz it looks like it's fake.
3: Yeah, it does. It and looks not. it looks like something the internet would have made up, but it happened.
1: And I'm also I'm pretty sure Funny or Die did a sketch that is very comparable to what the movie actually ended up being like years earlier. In the in the funnier die sketch, Danny Trejo is swiper.
2: <laughs> That's so perfect. That's so perfect.
0: <laughs> yes. Alright, well, <clears throat> excuse me. Let's get into the topic of the show today. Um it's an interesting one and it's very, very open ended. Basically, like I said in the intro, we've been doing this for five years, 250 episodes. Uh, Granted, there have been some bonus episodes, there have been some Game of the Year episodes, and there there have been more than 250 episodes, technically. But this is officially the 250th episode. And it's kind of crazy to me. Um, I'm gonna preface this a little bit, so uh, old windbag me here is uh, gonna get on the pedestal for a second, take a moment. It's crazy to me, and we've talked about this many times, um, Josh and I, along with some of our old uh, co-hosts, used to be a part of a different podcast called Second Playthrough, and this started in 2009 with Morgan, Fish, Josh, and another guy named Adam, and shortly after that, Fish left, he got married, and uh, or he met a girl, left the podcast, eventually got married, to her and had a kid and so he never returned to SPT second playthrough. And then um I was working at Coca-Cola at the time and Adam had hit me up. Adam and I went to college together and Adam said, Hey, um I've been doing this video game podcast for a little while. You should check it out. And I said, Hell yeah, of course I'll check that out. And I really liked it. And he said, Um, we're actually looking for another host right now, because one of our guys left. And Adam was visiting from Las, Ve- uh, from Las Vegas to Montana, which is where I grew up at the time. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. I said, yeah, I'd love to consider it. And he's like, well, I'm heading back to Vegas here in a day or two. But if you're interested, you should talk with Morgan. Now, Morgan was working on, at, the, at the military base in Montana. He was working as a stalker at um, the local exchange on the military base. And I used to work at Coca Cola. He I got that job with, and sometimes... with glowing recommendations. <laughs> yeah, that's a topic for another day. <laughs> but um, so yeah, I remember I was like, "All right, next it's time I go in there, I'll and, talk with him and, about and,
3: it." And you, you get it.
0: Yeah. And um, so I go, I go up to him, and I said, "Hey, um, I'm Adam's friend," and he's like, "Yeah, Adam told me that you were going to come talk to me," and we talked for a little bit about games and. Um, We got in touch with each other, and we started talking about games and stuff, and it was shortly after that that I was brought on to SBT as kind of like a tryout kind of thing, and it, it ended up going really well. Adam, Josh, Morgan, and I had a ton of fun, and then I was brought on pretty shortly after that, and we started doing stuff, and this was around the time of... 2010 it was towards the end of the summer of 2010 and i was really excited because fallout new vegas was about to come out and then josh had introduced me to meat boy which is one of my favorite games now um there were some really good times that were had during that and then adam left shortly after that um he started getting involved with his own family and so then it was morgan josh and me and we kept that podcast going until the beginning of 2012 when eventually um, I was going to college at that time, and I was more immersed in that. um, And we were just kind of burnt out, like the the system that we had for that podcast, we kind of burnt ourselves out. And we topped out at about 62 episodes over that three-year span. Three years is loose, because we weren't recording every week at that time. We were recording, you know, every few weeks when we could. And it was a lot we were trying to play all of the new games and just have um opinions about every single uh new game and yeah we really burnt ourselves out so then it kind of it lay dormant for a while uh, uh us doing another podcast again we still stayed in touch loosely um i kind of lost contact with those guys off and on except morgan because morgan and i were playing music together at that time so i was in constant contact with him that fell through um summer of 2014 just because um we kind of maxed out as what we could do as a band in montana kind of thing and so in terms of morgan was starting his own family at that time as well so And I was still in the thick of going to college. And then 2016, Morgan started talking again about wanting to do another podcast. And I was like, I don't know. It sounds fun, but I don't know. And then he got Josh, me, and Fish into another group. And actually, at the very beginning, we had Adam in, but Adam didn't seem that interested. So we kind of just said, okay, well, we'll move on from that idea then. and we kind of discussed it for a few weeks trying to figure out how we were going to do it again and if you listen to those like very early episodes you can hear us trying to you know figure out what we were going to do like the current model that we have now took years in the making and i remember like one of the biggest deliberations we had was trying to figure out a name for who we were going to be. And I remember us, we were looking up domains. We were throwing out all these ideas. I remember I was sitting in the parking lot of, um, I had just graduated and I was working a summer job and doing my own independent research. And I'm sitting in the parking lot, throwing out all these names and like, I should be at home. I'm in the blistering sun as my AC is blaring in my little truck. And I'm sitting there just throwing out all these names and, um, that was a fun experience, and that's kind of like the inklings of Sword Chomp, and obviously, um, through the history of Sword Chomp... Originally,
1: Gunbite. Yeah,
0: five years. We've had so many ups and downs, some amazing experiences. Um, as you guys know, not telling you anything you don't know. We've had hosts come and go, and uh, we're here now. Uh, and yeah, it's it's kind of crazy to think about five years. But really, it's not just five years. Obviously, Josh and I, especially, like, we've been doing this off and on since 2009, 2010. It's been a really long time that we've been doing this. Um, granted, we're not, like, the most prestigious people. We're not, like, the, the highest quality gaming journalists or anything like that. But we've been doing this video game podcasting thing for a really, really long time. and. It's kind of crazy to think about. It's been one of the biggest mainstays of my life. Like it it for me, I I started out in the US obviously doing it and it traveled with me to Japan. And when I first got here to Japan, it for me really kind of stabilized my life. Like I had uprooted my life and moved to a whole other continent to do a job that I had never truly done before. I like my my whole entire life was uprooted. And the one constant I had were the three guys that I was podcasting with and the podcast itself, you know, Morgan, Josh, and Fish, and this podcast. And so now, it being where it's at now, it's kind of, it's interesting. It's still great, and I absolutely love this. It's just, it's not where I thought this journey was going to go, and it's, it's beautiful for that reason, you know, that we are here five years later, and it's not anywhere near where I thought it was gonna be when we first started. And I think that's a absolutely beautiful thing. So um mm-hmm. I'm gonna step off the pedestal now. I, I went very I went more I went longer winded than I thought I was going to. And I appreciate you two for your patience <laughs> as you as you listen to this. Cause I've told this story before in other forms, but uh it's it's never more relevant than now on our five year anniversary, on our 250th episode anniversary. Um, that we've been here for five years, guys. So what I want to do is... Yeah, I can't believe I've
1: been here all five years.
0: Rich, you were here in spirit. I mean, like, realistically, Rich, you were kind of here, like... You've been here for the beginning. First, you were kind of a... You were a fan that Morgan hit up on social media, and then you became a patron, and then you became a guest host, and then you became a actual host, and now you're a host and you're an editor on the site as well, like... You're a rags-to-riches story in the making, Rich. How does yeah, it feel? <laughs> I, I had a weird trajectory when
1: you think about it, because when I met Morgan, he hit me up um, on social media, and this was around the time I was probably like 20, 24, so like four-ish years ago. Um, guess I'm going to say Josh.
3: <laughs> Fucking child. <laughs>
1: Um (laughs) Yeah. Uh so around that time for me, um, I was uh just I was out of college, I was working odd jobs and I was trying to be a games writer. So I was doing a lot, a lot, a lot of freelance work at small sites, taking pay where I could, trying to get bylines where I could. And shortly after Morgan and I started talking, actually, um, on a whim, weirdly enough, you want to connect it to where we are now. Uh, Ray McGill, who now works as a writer for us, was working my day job with me, and he uh, blogged about games, and he knew I was writing about games and doing freelance work, and he said, hey, uh, Destructoid has an opening, you should apply. And I was like, eh, what the fuck, Like thinking nothing of it, and I got that job within two weeks of applying. Um, Nero Gonzalez, the owner, reached out to me personally and and got some work up on there for me, and I worked there for... Two years before I left? Um, probably closer to three, actually, that I think about the way the timing lines up. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happened to be around the same time um, Fish was leaving you guys, and I had guessed it a few times on the show, and just through talking to you guys, and, and you know, I, I wound up here. And that was at a point where when I was leaving Destructoid and looking at other jobs and stuff, I didn't actually know if I was going to continue to work in the game space or try and move into a larger tech space or just try and get a job writing about something somewhere um and now here i am
0: and we couldn't have found you at a worse i mean at a better time (laughs) just kidding rich no i really am glad that um the trajectory worked out the way it did because yeah we found a good friend
2: Mm Hmm. Mm,
0: i like that Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but um mm-hmm. so here's what i want to do i want
2: mm-hmm. you guys
0: can take it in more of like a personal route like kind of how i did and how rich just did or you can take it so more you, josh, in a gaming approach yeah we'll start yeah we'll start with josh because like <laughs> rich and i have already <laughs> talked <Start>. a bunch <laughs> now, now that i'm explaining, explaining what the prompt is we'll uh we'll honestly start I, just, I, I just
1: kind of blew my load so you just go ahead and
0: i'll just yeah, yeah 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 you. yeah yeah I did too, but Josh, whether you want to talk about like it from a sore chomp angle, or you want to talk about gaming, what is one of your favorite gaming moments of the past five years? Oh, is that what we were talking about? Um, oh, well, that's, what, that's do... originally what it was going to be. I was like, I was trying to do all this build up in the talk. And what... like, basically I was trying to say like a lot can happen in five years is what I was kind of trying to lead to. And then it kind of turned into us talking about us. So mm-hmm. actually, you know, let's do that, Josh. Like talking, talking about us and talking about sore chomp. Like in the past five years, like what is a what is something memorable or stands out to you?
1: Do you when Billy Mitchell's records got expunged?
3: I mean, that was that was fun in its own way, but um.
2: <laughs> mm. I think
3: I think the changes to the the format, like you 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 talked about, kind of from second playthrough to to Sword Chomp have, or to the Chomp cast in particular, as far as our kind of ethos of needing to play everything that was brand new and have an opinion on the latest thing, which we were, you know. Try, trying to chase that, uh, the search engine hits, um, just made everything stressful. And I feel like moving to a more laid back format, um, has kind of, like you said, has kind of allowed us to enjoy our time with this and make friends instead of worrying about trying to constantly, uh, just be on top of everything that's happening at all times. Um and I have I have enjoyed just kind of getting to know people and uh I mean you guys in particular but also a lot of the fans cuz our community has been a whole lot more um involved <laughs> involved a whole lot more vocal than we ever really experienced um previously. It was kind of you know a feeling that that feeling of just kind of screaming into the void a lot of the time, and uh yeah, no, like just from from a satisfaction with your work level, it has been so much more gratifying to make this show um and feel like people you know care about our ideas and some of our thoughts whether they agree or not cuz we rarely agree ourselves on the show but uh um yeah i have i've really really appreciated that it's kind of the the feeling of people caring that we're making this thing which is just rewarding
0: yeah yeah i i would agree with you like some of my fondest memories have been for example, when last year we did the Pokemon tournament, and even though I got stomped, just like the community <laughs> of people that showed up to like talk about it with us, like the the yeah. streams that I used to do more. I was frequently, so the,
1: drunk when we did that.
0: <laughs> the the people that would show up for the streams to just hang out and talk with us, um, those moments or uh, yeah. on, on Discord when, uh when a bunch of people are talking at the same time about different subjects and, you know, getting along and running in tandem with each other, like those moments are have been some of my favorite by far is when the community has been there the whole way. You know, we've, we've mm-hmm. had so many people stick with us since the beginning or since the early outings of this podcast and out of Sword Chomp in general. It's crazy to think about, how long some of these people have taken this journey with us you know we had we've had people who find us later and then they go back and they're fervent and they listen to the beginning of our stuff and we're like hey you know it's kind of rough be careful and then they do it anyways because they end up loving what we do and um,
2: we trick I'm, them I, I'm, mm-hmm, yeah
0: the
3: longest I, con
0: it's it's. <laughs> <laughs> One that you can't attend in person, but no, I it's it's I'm just absolutely you're right. I'm thankful for the community. I'm thankful for you know some of the people who have kind of grown with us and stuck with us. You know, like Sector Seven, for example, is one of those people that we've we've grown together since the beginning. And um, I, I I love Leslie, and I don't tell her enough that you know that we she she always tells us how much we've done for her, but how much she's done for us equally. Uh, we would never have met Leslie if it was not for the community and like doing this podcast. Um, you know, my friends, Matt mm-hmm. and Lisa, um, that I met through this podcast. I would have never met them if I hadn't started this podcast with you guys. Um, and there's some of my good friends. Uh, Ivan is another really good friend of mine that I would have never met. Um, and Ivan is Ivan, man. Like he is stellar. Supported us relentlessly. We, we had, we had him on the LGBTQ mm-hmm. representation episode he is the only guy who sent me a the only person let me put it that way the only person who sent me a christmas card and a birthday card i, I didn't like can, the uh, okay sorry my my uh the place where i go get my hair cut sent me like a little postcard for those two days but
3: other than yeah, that i normally get one from my dentist he's really considerate
2: uh,
1: He's That's like, just hey. a reminder card. Josh. <laughs> but,
3: <laughs> it
2: just happens to yeah. fall on your
1: birthday. Um, you know, right. while, while we're on that particular note, can I just say, because uh, I can't wait for us to find an excuse to have Ivan back because he's so much fun to have on the show.
0: Mm-hmm. Ivan's like, man, I love that dude. He's a good friend of mine. I love him so much. Um,
2: Shout you know, out to, there, there to Jeffrey cal- for supporting
0: cal- my cal-
1: fitness journey on the Supernatural app. He's the only person who likes my workouts. He's
0: a good dude. He's a good dude. <laughs> Um, there are so many other people I could name, like, uh, there are a ton of people like, uh, Jeffrey, um, Bebop, a bunch of other, like so many other people I could sit here and name. And we've had some amazing fans come and go, and we've had some amazing fans stay through pretty much the entire journey. And those people end up being like, like, I know a lot of Outlets and stuff say like, "Oh, our community, our community." But I always, <clears throat> excuse me, this is not me crying. Sorry, my, <clears throat> I just woke up a little bit ago and still waking up. Um, Loser. I, th- I feel like a lot of those what? outlets say like, "My community members and my community." Um, they say my community members and my community, but like, there's a degree of separation for them, and it's always felt like our community there's little separation like i i dm with so many of the people past and present who have been fans of ours um i'll post something on my personal instagram and i will have i will have people who are fans of the show um who will you know actually comment on my stuff or send me words of encouragement or other various things and yeah i yeah, I'm just forever appreciative of our community. Long story
2: short. So, mm-hmm. Shit outs. To make it succinct. Yeah. Oh, is that what you're do you um, <laughs> Got him. <I> <laughs> what a dumb Zing. fuck. But no, I, so he let's kind of transfer this
0: over. Let's kind of transfer this over into um, gaming a little bit more. You know, now that we've n- we've fellated ourselves, I think, to completion. Um, ew, there's a little bit dripping on the side of Rich's mouth. It's coffee um, and booze as he slips from his 7 Eleven beverage. Yeah, yeah, you guys thought I was being disgusting. No, Rich is just drinking some soda out of a 7 Eleven. It's a beverage. coffee,
1: thank you. It's an iced coffee, and I don't need that much soda.
0: Okay, I, excuse I do need me. a
1: solid liter and a half of coffee.
0: Mm-hmm. Weird hill to die on, but okay. Um, is that is that just a version of weird flex but okay that I just did a very shitty version of that a way
1: lame a way lamer uh, version yeah
0: I'm I'm a has been but anyways is um, the phrase let's talk weird flex gaming. but
1: okay based off the flex phone which is weird looking
0: yeah yeah I don't know I don't know I don't know where this bit's going but let's talk about gaming uh, neither do so, I I never know until it's over <laughs> in the past five years a lot has happened in gaming and the surprise that I have later for these guys, I was doing some research and doing some looking on the internets for some stuff. And it really was like a time capsule looking at the past five years in gaming. Um, so I'm going to just leave it as open ended as you want. I want you guys to talk about like one or two. We'll stick to one now and we'll go, we'll like, we'll rotate it. I'll give us like two or three, um, Moments to talk about different things, but I want you guys to talk about one memorable Thing in gaming over the past five years. So for example, I'll go first So you guys can kind of get the picture and that mean can mean anything like this game was memorable This character was memorable. This boss was memorable. This moment in this game was memorable. So for me one of the one of the most memorable instances or memories I have in gaming over the past five years, was playing Uncharted 4. And I remember um, playing as Nathan Drake. And you get to that lost, abandoned city that has just been overrun with moss. It's towards the back end of the game. And I remember you crawling underneath something and then you get to this lost city and it pans out and Naughty Dog shows you the beautiful landscape that they've rendered here. And I remember seeing that and I was like, until this moment, I didn't give a shit about high fidelity or like graphics being at the utmost pristine level. I never really cared about that. And I like, it's not my main thing. It still isn't to this day. But at that moment, I was like, wow, I can truly appreciate why this is so important to some people. And it was like someone had plucked it from my brain like what i would imagine something like a lost city abandoned would look like and put it into a video game and i was looking at it and i was just so blown away by that moment seeing that that it's i don't know why but it's still stuck with me all these years later that whenever i think about uncharted 4 that is literally the first thing i think about Whenever I hear that name or I see that or I read it, anything about Uncharted 4, that is the first thing I think about. So for me, that is one of the most memorable moments in gaming for me of the past five years. Um, I am going to throw it to you next, Josh, because uh, you are the other elder statesman here at Sword Chomp, so I mm-hmm. think you've earned that right. The congressman from Louisiana has the floor.
3: It's such a massive field to choose from that like a moment is like always always going to be snubbing dozens and dozens of other just outstanding games and moments um from the last five years um yeah but but um I think still like one of my one of my favorite experiences, and just you know always going to stick with me um from this last five years is when uh uh Sea of Thieves came out uh Morgan and fish and I were playing a lot of that game um but the the first time we had fish play with us he hadn't he hadn't played it all yet, and so he hadn't gotten used to the controls or anything and How how everything works, and kind of was, you know, in over his head because we kept getting him in trouble and you know, picking fights and stuff, and he wasn't prepared for it. Um, and we ended up getting in a fight with another ship, and he was he was currently at the helm, and Morgan and I say we're gonna go board the enemy ship, and instead of him mean think you know, taking that to mean, you continue sailing, he meant. He he assumed, oh, we're all attacking the enemy ship is what we meant by that. So all three of us jump off the ship at the same time, with our ship just continuing to go and just sail away from us. Um, and we ended up stuck in the middle of the ocean, all <laughs> all alone without our ship there because that is we, we didn't explain to fish what he was doing at this at this point. Um.
1: Did you have a, but if you're here, then that means. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> Who, who's driving the bus? Um, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was, it was great. And So we're just sitting there bobbing in the water, looking at each other like, oh, oh, we've, we've not thought this through. As we watch our ship go around, because he didn't leave it on a straight course. It was at a little bit of a curve. And so it, it's making a wide, wide circle. And we get the idea, okay, if we can tell where this is going to come back around we can get back on the boat so we watch know, it it. we we watch it slowly slowly turn around and get ready to come right back by us and the wind changes and it misses us by you know far too far too far for us to make it back on and then it crashes into an island right in front of us <laughs> right after it comes back around and uh, it's just like every every single event in that entire, st- you know, chain of of things is just so perfectly hilarious. Um, that just kind of encapsulated a lot of the fun that you can kind of have playing with your friends and with just, like, these these emergent sort of situations that show up in multiplayer games like that. Um, and just, just how much fun... That can be with just just by giving you systems to play with, um.
0: Yeah, just one of my favorite experiences from the last five years. Yeah, hearing that, I remember you guys talking about that the first time. I I can't remember which show it was. I'd have to go back in, in time and in the history and figure out which episode it was. But that was the first telling of that. That alone made me want to get my Xbox back in or get my Xbox yeah back in Japan. Back in the day, and play it with you guys. And by the time I finally got mm-hmm. it, and then I wanted to play, you guys were kind of. We played it a few times, but like the, the mystique, the allure of it was kind of gone at yeah. that point. The it's on Game Pass now,
1: fellas. Gone. We could form a crew. They got yep. all that. I mean, content I bought coming it. Out. I
3: bought it, so I, I, we can play it whenever. Actually, I, I think I just keep the game installed at all times, in case, just in case. You never know Me when too. you might need to go play.
0: So we we may have to make a day of it again sometime. Uh, I think we should. I think we should, but um, mm-hmm. yeah that that was such a funny telling of that story, but um, Rich, you're you're kind of you're not the new blood, but you kind of are the new blood. Um, it's the one the one and only time I'll ever use that term. Uh, what is one of your most memorable moments in gaming of the past five years? Huh uh
1: i'm gonna get really specific with this because like a number of things like swarmed through my head immediately like i was immediately thinking of like final fantasy 7 remake originally being thing but a big uh yeah. and this was like before uh sword chomp for me this is like a big professional moment for me like uh especially during my time at destructoid and i hope to make this fact for us here now but it's easy to forget that most of my time working, working with you guys as a part of this has been in the middle of COVID. Uh, so it's been a really weird, uh, weird experience. Yeah. Um, but I hope to uh, use our cachet to start going to some events again uh, as the world opens up. Um, for the launch of Super Mario Odyssey, um, I went to the, the, the launch event at the Nintendo store in New York, uh, where I'm from, because it was very close, and I met up with some other guys co- were covering it for Destructoid. Um, and that was just like a super targeted fun industry event that I have not experienced anything quite like since. Um, it was literally like hours before the game came out, but we got to play it for a little bit in like kiosks upstairs. Uh, I briefly got to meet Reggie Fissime when he was still in charge of the company. It was just all in all a really cool day and one of those, I, I lost at a jumper rope contest. Um, it was, <laughs> <laughs> just a cool day to be covering games and kind of like have weird fun. And at this like very specific industry thing. Uh, I got yelled at for attempting to interview Reggie fils by his, uh, by his assistant. Huh. Uh, and for anyone who was wondering, yeah, that man is literally like nine feet tall.
0: Yeah. That's a really cool experience. I remember briefly you telling us about that, but yeah, it's, that's such a cool thing. Like I, I will forever remember the first time that I went to Tokyo Game Show, which is coincidentally the only time I ever went to Tokyo Game Show. I don't know why I said first time, but um, I have to get Josh yeah. to come
1: to a Pax with me once. Uh, once the world is
0: opened again.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, once it's safe enough. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, con um conventions. I get the appeal of them. You know, they're not my favorite thing. Uh, too many crowds of people, but they are definitely and certainly fun. Especially if I would imagine I'd probably have a higher, uh, not higher, a better thought of it, I guess, if I went probably to a convention in the US, because then I'd be able to converse with all of the people there in Japan. Like Mm -hmm. I got to talk with some of the devs and stuff like that, but other, and my friends who were there with me, but other than that, I, my Japanese wasn't nearly good enough to just randomly talk with people. So, um, I would imagine like if you can converse with the people there, then that probably makes it better <laughs> better and more enjoyable well, like another that. and this makes it
1: sound like more targeted like I can't wait to go to a pax again, and namely is i i I do want to submit us as a company and try and get press access again because having that is a different experience solely because like it's just having a little fucking badge dangle from your neck that says press or media or whatever the media badge, mm-hmm. but it just opens a door for you to like. Get devs to talk to you in a more interesting way, and like I, lo- I met so many developers that way, and forged like real friendships with people. And you know they send projects my way now. I love talking to people about their games. Mm-hmm. Um, I will forever hang my hat on uh, when Black Future '88 uh, was demoing at PAX East. Uh, I met Don Bellinger, the lead dev there, and he said I was the only person all weekend to actually beat his demo. So I'll forever. <laughs> The only press person all weekend to actually beat
0: his demo, I should say. Uh, so everyone yeah. in
1: the press sucks at games except for me.
0: There you go. Sounds about right. You heard it there first. Um, my other story is, is going to be a bit of a cheat. It's kind of a com- combination. Um, is Final Fantasy over the past five years has produced some of my most powerful memories. Uh, going to that, that symphony of the Final Fantasy VII Um, soundtrack selected works from that with my friend Amy back in 2018 I remember her messaging me about that and she's like hey this is happening do you want to go I was like make sure it happens you know I don't care how much the tickets are and they were a little expensive but absolutely worth it and I remember going there and we're in the middle and seeing Nobuo Uematsu Uematsu, uh, with the, the symphony and just performing all these songs that when I was six, seven years old, I had heard and I'm seeing the con- composer there and the conductor and I'm seeing these songs brought to life before my eyes. Like I I cried like multiple times. And I've told you guys this. I've told that story and being brought up on stage to do one of the songs was amazing. That was one of the most like amazing experiences I could have had being a musician. And being a video game lover and a video game music lover, um, being a Final Fantasy lover, that was one of the culminating moments for me, um, growing up loving video games. And then along those lines, uh, Rich and I talked about this: is uh, Final Fantasy 7 like getting to see that remake. You know, starting that game up, another tear-inducing moment for me. I absolutely was just—we're such babies. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Um, no, we
3: both cried like little
0: bitches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. It's like just the, that the original that moment game being was such like, a big wow. deal,
3: and then for yeah. the since before the PS4 came out, just the 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 tease of oh yeah, we'll, we'll maybe get around to remaking this at some
1: Dude, point.
0: It had been rumored yeah, since for the so end long. of PS2, beginning of remem- PS3. Yeah. I
1: remember that first cinematic trailer for it. And I specifically remember it because watching that, I literally, like, had to start calling people on the phone, like, you see this shit? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: They're doing it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, just, it's, for me, granted, a lot of that is Final Fantasy 7 centered but, I mean, I finally beat Final Fantasy 8 at the beginning of this year. Another example, um, just Final Fantasy has given me a lot over the years, and over the past five years, it has given me a lot as well. Okay, did you ever play 6? Uh, Josh? I'm gonna throw it to you. What's another video gaming moment from the past five years?
2: Dodge the question. <laughs> I, think, Josh.
0: I think it was lag, but um
2: ugh.
3: like gaming in particular. Um
2: I have um
3: We, we we always do the gaming moments and i have such a hard time with that just cuz i i don't know I'm like my brain doesn't think in like moments as much um except for like you know the the big big ones kind of like I, I mentioned before um like i end up i don't know just just the way my brain always works i always end up with just like these kind of impressionistic memories of of kind of my entire experience with something instead of, you know, like this thing right here, um, which is, I mean, for for example, like all the memes of Titus and Yuna laughing from Final Fantasy X. <laughs> like I like my brain more or less, you know, kind of breezed past that, and I thought it was kind of interesting that that was a meme that apparently everyone had th- been thinking about for years and years. until you know the time was right for that to become a meme um and it makes it i don't know like i kind of i end up with like just these these just general feelings of kind of an era which is not not as useful for topics like this um where i just kind of end up you know you know generalizing is the wrong word but uh like, like kind of lumping my entire experience of something together um and uh i don't i don't know i don't know like
0: it's it's what about i i i think i have an example for you hmm. that would work really well what about clearing celeste beating that game for the first time I mean, I love that.
3: Um, like, but again, like, even just the ending of that is not even... I think we talked about this when the game came out, but there's, there's a point in that game where you essentially, you've been climbing the mountain this whole time, and it's you know just been grueling, barely making any progress, and right before you get to the top, you fall all the way back down the mountain, lower than you even started from. And that entire sequence of then starting from lower than you've ever been and coming to the top as an ending sequence is just one of the most magnificent sections of a game in the last five years. Just the the feeling of just stomping through something that was such a struggle uh yeah. before. Uh is just excellent. And and the way they're able to convey the feelings that the the main character is is going through through that section is excellent. Just excellent, excellent. Um it, yeah, that's that excellent. that that is that has stuck with me. But again, kinda like, you know, it's I don't I don't like the end, the end, the the, the 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 last moments of, oh, I'm finally at the top of the mountain doesn't mean as much to me. As I know a lot of people have talked about how, oh, I'm finally at the top. This is so satisfying. I did the thing. And my brain just kind of like glosses over it. Like, oh yeah, of course you made it to the top. You, you beat games. Like, that's, yeah, what you, that's what you do with games. Of course you beat them. Um, but that entire I think that's section more about leading up the, into Obviously the,
0: what, what it's trying to allude to though more than like it being a game like Mm -hmm. at that point that particular sequence not to make this all about celeste but obviously that it's been talked about a lot obviously that's a a um i'm forgetting the vocabulary word off the top of my head it's you know it's supposed to represent mental health and i Mm -hmm. i can't no fruit. <laughs> my fruit third, metaphors one, in that my game. third and just final one is going to have to do with this, so I'm not going to talk about it too much. But that 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 feeling of cresting a mountain and how that relates to mental health is, is so rewarding. Um, mm-hmm. That I like. Yeah, no, at that again, point, like, that's not me saying you that don't that really it's, think it's about not... it as being a game. You think about it more as what it's representing at that point.
3: Yeah. Again, like it's it. That's the not. Just, say that it, somehow it does a bad job at the very end. It doesn't. It's just that like. The way I always think about it, it's it's everything leading up to that point that sticks with me so much more. Um, just I don't know, just the way you I you knew where it was things.
1: going. It's it's less about what where it went and how it got there.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's it's it was it was it was kind of it was the overall feeling, and especially that part of the journey is just that's that's the sort of thing that sticks with me, um, more so than the moments. In particular, so yeah, and it's, yeah.
1: in a similar and deep metaphorical way, I like the part in uh, Wolfenstein: Shadow of the Colossus where they put BJ's head on a new body. Shadow of the Colossus, <laughs> <laughs> Wolfenstein: New Colossus.
0: The fuck? I'd play that game. You fucked I'd play that game, game too. <laughs> you fucked your own joke, Rich. <laughs> Not really, but no, J- Josh. I think that's cool. That I mean, like you, you have a different perspective than some other people. Like for some people, myself, for example, the the greatest. Satisfaction comes in seeing someone overcome that and they need that moment for that, that um, not only that satisfaction, but that reinforcement that, hey, if this person or this fictitious character can do this, can overcome this literal and figurative mountain of an obstacle within mm-hmm. phys- physically and both mentally that I can do that. Some people need to see that moment and experience that moment. And it's cool that you yeah. have a different perspective, that you don't necessarily need to see the big overcoming of that. And, and I'm sure it's rewarding to you in your own way, but it's more rewarding to see the, the, the micro steps to get there. And that's, that's, not, that's not a wrong perspective. It's not a bad perspective. It's not even like you didn't get the point of the story. It's a different perspective, and there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. And that's awesome. So yeah, yeah. I know how much that game meant to you, which is why I was <laughs> trying to while you're trying yeah, to call no, out your thoughts. No, like like
3: I, I, I was thinking about that um before you brought it up and trying to figure out how to frame it because, like, I kind of wanted to talk about the whole game. You know, I'm like, that's not a moment. Like
0: um, <laughs> like what 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 can I narrow I it I mean down to? The whole to game. That's okay. That, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Though I told you from the <laughs> beginning, the whole game yeah. is okay.
2: Yeah. That's okay um rich what is your second um uh, memory oh, is a ranking um
0: <laughs> no 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 it's not a rank. T-
3: and and give it a, a score from from zero to ten at the end give there. it a
0: three out of five <laughs> um would you recommend this memory
3: <laughs> yeah, r- rank your memory on a five star scale okay um I
1: would it you two- buy
0: this memory wait for it on sale or skip it
1: I'd skip it, uh, but if, if the memory's <laughs> on Game Pass, it's worth taking a look at. Um, <laughs> uh, I... Huh, wow. Uh, you know, it's a weird gaming one that I've been, I've been thinking about as I've uh, been reflecting on stuff we played, because I feel like it, it's kind of a flash in a pan for a lot of people, but it's still like, I beat this in like a day, and it's just uh, something that's kind of a cherished memory for me. Um the the remake of uh Link's Awakening because that game mm. is a weird obtuse Zelda game, but it was my first uh Game Boy game. And uh I fucking love that weird game. Um I wrote uh a thing for Destructoid back in the day about how weird that game's development and it was bit was and, and why like it's such an interesting game because it's something Nintendo would never make now. It has all these weird, obscure references and a lot of its inspiration was because a bunch of people, in, like Shigeru Miyamoto was sitting with a bunch of dudes in a boardroom chain smoking and watching Twin Peaks. And <laughs> like, uh, a lot, of Link's Awakening is heavily inspired by Twin Peaks, of all things. Yeah. Um, it's such a weird step in Zelda's chronology, and it's such a fun game, even if it is really rough around the edges. And the remake looks amazing, plays amazing, and captures the, the, the spirit of the original, I feel like.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I I I love when Nintendo gets to do weird stuff, because yeah. it's not always. A lot of times they're kind of... like rare, This, this now. has got to be a particular way. But back, every back now and Back then it was and then, a little
1: looser. Um, I mean, yeah. like, now a lot of people know that internally they have, like, a development diary of things you're allowed to and not allowed to do with Mario. Yep. And a lot of people uh, actually credit that as to why the Paper Mario games have been less fun since mm. uh, Thousand-Year Door. They used to be able to do a lot more, uh, there's a lot of characters and enemies and things they're not allowed to use anymore. Um, so that, that game for me harkens back to a time when Nintendo was maybe allowed to, or at the very least willing, to be a little weirder.
3: Yeah, yeah, those are always the fun, fun experiences. We're just when they, they get to kind of flex their muscles, like Link's Awakening, Majora's Mask, like uh, Luigi's Mansion just when they're yeah. doing weird stuff with these characters is my- so so fun
1: and, and it's so funny how much gold you can spin out of like minimal effort not attributing the weirdness like one of my favorite things ever in Link's Awakening is one of the first NPCs you encounter on that island are these these two little boys like playing oh, catch yeah. with a ball and if you go up to one of them he goes he's like my dad said you can press B to attack whatever that means mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one, Rich. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say we can do one last one, and then we need to get to some listener comments before the show gets too long, because um, we could sit here and talk about memories for hours and hours. Like I know I could. <laughs> yeah. But one of the other ones, and it's a recent one, and it's why I saved it for last, because I know some people may think a recency bias um, is playing uh, Ghost of Tsushima last year, and the wonders it did for my mental health. You know, I've talked about this game with friends both online and in person a lot of people said it was a very boilerplate game and it was very assassin's creed old style and they're not wrong you're not wrong when you say that there's a lot of there's a lot of structurally there's a lot of boilerplate stuff in there. There are a lot of missions and stuff that are like, okay, go do this, rescue this person. You're done. Okay. Go to this area, uh, kill this person. You're done. And you do it in different biomes. Actually, I was listening to a podcast yesterday that was talking just about that, reflecting on it on the eve of the director's cut, getting ready to release. And you're not wrong when you have that criticism about it at all. For me last year, when I was playing it during the height of the pandemic, uh, when everything was locked down, I needed that game. And I didn't realize how much I needed an experience like that because um, I didn't realize how badly my mental health had deteriorated. Like I was aware of it, but I didn't realize how bad it truly Mm -hmm. was until I sat down to play that game. Um, In my personal life, which is something I'm not going to detail on this podcast. I've been dealing with some, difficult stuff that I'm actually still dealing with to this day. Um, as you two know, obviously, but, um, it, it was such a difficult time for me dealing with a lot of stuff at once. Um, dealing with the things I'm dealing with and then not, not being able to talk about it in public. Like I still can't talk about the things that I'm dealing with and it, took a toll on my mental health in ways that I wasn't fully aware of like I like I said I knew but I didn't really grasp the scope of like how deep the depths that my <laughs> mental health had plummeted to were unknown to me at that time and so sitting down during the pandemic and playing this game I I got to get lost in it I I just lost myself mm-hmm. for 40 to 50 hours in this game and it really it goes beyond that. For me, it really centered me and focused. You know, the, the game, there's a lot of action in the game, of course, and it's a lot of fun, but there are a lot of moments that that game allows you to breathe, whether you're riding the horse, yeah. whether you're meditating and riding a haiku, whether you're going into a, an onsen in the game. Like, there are all these moments that force the player to just relax and breathe. And I needed that in my life, my actual everyday life. And some of the teachings in there, obviously some people are going to think they're a little heavy handed or they're, you know, they're, um, contrived things of that nature. But for me, it was exactly what I needed to hear at that time. Even if it was boilerplate, um, even if it was, you know shit that you've already heard, I needed that at that moment, and when I was playing that game i i it brought it started to bring me out of my funk that I'd been feeling for the past few years, and then I started doing things again um I started doing yoga again, I started running again, I started you know taking value in working on personal growth and development um I started reaching out to people more and Granted, the game isn't the only thing that did this for me, but it was a huge jump start for me. And a lot, a lot of that was just due to the way the gameplay was designed. You know, a lot of people felt it was boring for me. It was forcing me to take a moment and step back and look at my life and, you know, analyze what was going on in my life. So uh, that game was incredibly, incredibly important to me when it released. So like I said, I understand other people not necessarily feeling the same way I do. I get that. And that's fine. That's perfectly okay. But for me, it was, it was necessary. Um, Or maybe necessary is a strong word. It was pivotal for me to kind of turn a leaf on my mental health and to start addressing it properly. And I can safely tell you right now that I'm so much further than I was a year ago in terms of mental health and everything. And Ghost of Tsushima? Like, or in- yeah, I'm so much further in that game than I was a year ago. <laughs> seems almost insane that you didn't beat it. <laughs> I know, I'm still trying to beat it. I keep riding the horse the, the, everywhere. The DLC's coming, don't worry. No, um. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm excited for that. Even though, yeah, that's a discussion for a different day, the di- director's cut being 60 or $70, all that shit. But anyways, um, Josh ran off really quick, he had a Quick uh f- family thing to tend to. Rich, I'm gonna throw it to you, actually. Break the order a little bit. Um what is your out. number three? Oh no, Josh Josh's back. Oh, Josh is back. He's back in action. Okay. Well, um Josh, we're throwing you right into the saucepan. You're gonna boil alive. Not really. No, um, what is you your you number boiling a sauce? I, I didn't have a good metaphor for that, Josh. Mm. Number three, what is your number three memory, or not like third place memory, but like yeah, your yeah, third no. and final the third memory place of gaming in the which What's your rank? Is My the third most, most important.
2: important. Um.
3: Again, it's kind of an end sequence, and I I don't want to spoil it itself, but I'll anyway. Uh the end of uh the outer wilds is mm. one of the most satisfying endings to a game again that the whole ending sequence um after you kind of we I've talked about this several times on the show about how much I enjoy Time loop games and just the like these clockwork sort of systems based puzzles to be able to kind of feel like you really wrap your mind around an entire world um and just like you're gonna be happy next week, nitty gritty way um and seeing the way they were able to wrap that up was. Just just wonderful, just absolutely wonderful, um, how they're able to somehow somehow make an ending that's as satisfying as understanding an entire solar system that you're exploring um, and flying around in like, you know it's like at, at, a, at a walking level um something that can feel as big as big as that which is impressive because you just you, you'd think just matter of scale wise it would be hard to kind of match the emotional weight of something that big that you've been playing through and kind of experiencing for the entire length of the game and they're able to pull it off and kind of
0: make it feel like it's part of something even bigger in such a cool right. way. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I know you like those time loop games and um, if they can find any way to have some sort of meaning other than just it be fun, it's a really cool thing. Like I always think back mm-hmm. to braid and like how yeah. cool that ending was. And I'm, I'm going to be curious to see this coming week. Cause 12 minutes is dropping. I'm gonna be curious to hear our thoughts on that. I'm so excited for that. I've been waiting for that
3: for years at this point because that was yeah. As soon as they announced it, it was on my radar. I was, you know, just I love I love that sort of game, and um, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I've been so speaking of time loops. I've been going back and playing. It's I've I've been replaying. I get uh. Just because I wanted to see how different it was and whatnot, I got uh, Ghost Trick on my phone cause they Ghost mm, Trick is great. They they re released that. I don't a couple years ago. I don't I don't remember when they re released it. But wasn't they made Wasn't it, too long ago. Yeah, I they made an I iOS version. It it yeah, they made an iOS version. I don't know if it's on Android as well, but there's an iOS version of that. Um, and just playing back through that and kind of getting these little mystery puzzles. Like, okay, I've got this. You know. Little loop, four minutes. How how am I gonna you know, change change how this puzzle unfolds in order to in order to save someone? It, it that that's sort of that that is just absolutely my speed. I, I love that sort yeah. of sort of puzzle and I am just absolutely I, I, I can't wait. I can't wait I, for twelve minutes. I would I'm agree with you. So looking forward.
0: Yep, I, I'm in full agreement with you. I'm I'm really excited to see what that game is about. Uh, Rich, you're mm-hmm. gonna wrap up this topic before we get to the, or not wrap it up. We're gonna do some listener comments, but from us, what is a sure. a third uh, memory for you that gaming wise that has stuck with you for the past five years?
1: uh yeah i've been fermenting on this last third one and i i, I had some easy ones but i think I, originally i was thinking i was thinking about persona 5 because you know how important that series is to me and i could go on and on about this but i think it's a more fun one to think about because i never thought it would happen and it did happen and josh and i both really enjoyed it motherfuckers i'm talking about frog fractions 3
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: <laughs> the game to end all games um there's really not a whole lot to say, just more subpar writing, hiding a game within its original game. Uh if you do not know what Frog Fractions is, I highly recommend you send yourself down a wiki rabbit hole tonight, because it is not just a series of games. It is the weirdest internet bullshit to happen in the past over the course of the past two decades.
2: Mm-hmm
0: yeah I don't know about frog fractions, but I've heard you guys talk about it a lot it is uh it is a frog
1: fractions is a flash game hiding in edutainment and then hiding in a pixie sim game and then hiding in itself mm-hmm. and it it is a weird referential thing and by the time they reached frog fractions 3 it wasn't just referential to the internet into video games it was retro- referential onto itself very meta it sounds like it's very super fucking weird and it has a ton of lore uh <laughs> even around its its creation and its creator frog fractions is neat i recommend just go play frog fractions on steam hmm
2: yeah.
0: Well, there you have it. I mean, those are some of ours. Those aren't all of ours, but um, like I said, we'd be here all day if we're talking about some of the most memorable experiences we've had in gaming. Um, I put a post on social media um, every Thursday at the Sword Chomp Instagram. If you want to comment on the topic of the week, we will read your comments. We love getting the community involved, as I kind of detailed at the beginning of the show, and Josh and I both did. We love when the community gets involved and so yeah leave a comment and we'll read it on the show so first one is and i don't understand this comment i had uh i had made this this picture i don't know if you guys saw it on social media probably not um well I, at least i know josh you didn't because you don't have instagram rich i don't know if you saw it i spent a fair bit of time making this stupid picture yesterday but i'm kind of proud of it um so I, I made this picture of, like, I went through the five years and tried to pick out some major gaming characters and some of them that have kind of stuck with us or some games. You know, I, I was able to sneak Ori in there, for example, or I was able to sneak uh, the silhouette of the Into the Breach mech from the the cover art of the game.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I, so I worked, I worked a, a little bit hard on this. You know, obviously it's not the most amazingly designed picture you know it, it was difficult to try and fit all these characters in and give them enough uh of the screen but josh tudor 92 924 said where banana that's literally all he said and i don't know what that means <laughs> but uh read the actual comments though. i don't know it sounds self-explanatory to me
2: yeah, yeah where banana
0: where banana <laughs> yeah idiot yeah. <laughs> excuse me JT Ruiz said there are so many to choose from, but I have to go with a classic. For me, it's the progression through Tetris effect. All the messaging in the game pointed to being connected, and that resonated with me so well. And uh, JT Ruiz, uh, both Josh and Rich, were silently just nodding their head in approval. Uh, sadly, you can't hear mm-hmm. that, but Great I'll narrate game. it for you. Seeing all the wild visuals along with the game soundtrack helped me fall in love with Tetris all over again. A very close second for me would be finishing that first run in Hades. And I was like, damn, that's a good one to pick Mm -hmm. like that second one. Cause I have no frame of reference for the Tetris effect. You guys could talk about that a little bit more, but the Hades comment. Yeah. Cause I remember like I was talking with Josh about it and I was struggling to get out of, out of, um, out of the underworld and the, I was 20 plus hours in this game and I was like, I don't know how much more of this, this abuse I can take. And Josh gave me some advice, which I ended up in turn giving to Morgan. And then I got out of Hades for the first time. And I was like, Oh my God, thank you. Thank you. I was so happy. <laughs> to you find ended up to taking a lot there. more abuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very good game. But, um, Tetris effect. You guys want to talk about that a little bit? Like his comment at all or I
1: just really fucking like that game. Um, for anyone who has not experienced Tetris Effect, um, seeing it in VR is a trip unto itself, and that is the first way I played it. Uh, but it's also Tetris Effect Connected is on Game Pass, and if you like Tetris even a little bit, that is a great fucking version of Tetris. And like Jay like, uh, Jetrus was saying, like, the way the music and the imagery all blends together
3: is, is, is just fucking amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's uh Tetris is one of those things that I mean, a lot of a lot of people have grown up with because it uh was it a pack in with the Game Boy at one point or was that
1: yeah. is it it was it was I don't know if it was actually packed in but it was like the big game it, w- Boy it was game. the
3: big Game Boy like I don't know, think so I know anyone so who didn't have Tetris who owned so an much original so
1: Game that, Boy that um when the the Game Gear launched they put out their own
3: version of Tetris to be like, look, Tetris in color. Mm-hmm, mm mm-hmm. And it's, it is one of those things that it's it's just, it is a simple seeming puzzle that you can spend forever mastering. Um, I do then, think
1: objectively Tetris is like one of, is, is probably close to being the greatest video game ever made.
3: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then just being able to have that, especially in vr like rich was saying just fill your entire perception becoming being... yeah
1: your, your complete focus is just you in this and not just in a void like there's effects and color all around you but mm-hmm. you're still so singularly focused yeah on this puzzle in front of you that is like and tetris effect does more than just do the simple palette like every area has like a theme to it and there's lights and music like in sync with the puzzle as it drops and it's just kind of glorious to take in
3: yeah yeah and i think i think it's kind of kind of like you were talking about with you know finally seeing final fantasy 7 remastered it's it's that same sort of emotion of people who have kind of grown up with this thing seeing it just as glorious and big uh as something like that is is it really it's really special
0: so yeah yeah i i sadly never got to experience it. Or I haven't yet, so. Hades is the comment I resonate with on that mm. one. There's not too much more to say about that. Bebop Man 182 said, I have two that I can't decide between. And that's okay. Sometimes that happens to us. We can't decide one or the other. The ashtray maze from Control is one of the absolute best set pieces of any game ever. It was like if David Lynch directed a video game sequence. Absolutely masterful. Agreed? Bebop, yeah. I can't agree with you anymore than uh that because yeah that is an amazing sequence one of the most bizarre and beautiful sequences in a game in recent memory
1: a-, a sequence so cool that when it ends and the character in the game comments on it being cool that doesn't feel stupid
0: yeah
3: right yeah every now and then someone will say something that self-referential and you're like okay
0: but no it, works it right there. in front of me
1: when but- you get out and she's just like cool <laughs> mm-hmm
0: yeah, absolutely. I, I wholeheartedly agree. He said the second was the conversation between Arthur Morgan and the nun in Red Dead Redemption 2. I don't have a lot of recollection of this, but he said there is that's something that's 95 just so- hours in. <laughs> Fair. There's something just so utterly and completely human in that moment where Arthur has the mo- moment of clarity and where he whispers, I guess I'm afraid I lost it. That game has its faults, but that moment is one of the most incredible bits of writing I've ever experienced in gaming. Period. And um, I agree that you know that game yeah. does have some faults, but it is still—I mean, objectively, I still think it is a good game. Do I think it's a great game? No, I don't. Um, I think I that... think it's a great script. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And
1: and and funny, I I joke, but I do actually remember the moment he's talking about, and yeah, like i I think that the script is really good. The performances are really good. the story it's telling is really good. My only problem with it is for me, it's just too much of a slow burn for it, it like it takes too long to get where it's it takes going, too long to get and to it where loses it me go. a lot, a lot of places in the middle and then when you have those moments like that, it pulls you back in and has your attention again yeah but it, it's not something I would take the time to experience again because I just don't it's such a time sink.
3: Yeah, yeah. Like, I've heard a lot of people talking about how, oh, it needs to be that slow burn for the characters to really build and whatnot. It's it's like, it's like a TV series or a miniseries or something. You, it needs more room than a movie. You shouldn't blow through sure, it. But then but I a still whole think whole series it takes of TV is way shorter than this game. Um,
1: uh, yeah, like, if, if you're... Well, the, the problem is, like, again, what feels like padding is, like, all of those moments are really good but then I have to go through this hour long sequence where I'm like slowly bored, like taking hold at a house and shooting out of a gang. Like the video gamey parts of it make it too slow to get to those impactful moments. But this is not about red dead. Cause I could talk about the, the parts of it that don't work for me and the parts yeah. that do for, uh, for hours.
3: Yeah. You know, that's, that's a, that's a whole different topic. Cause it's, it is, there's, it's, it's really, really successful in a lot of ways. And, uh, unsuccessful in in, in other, and many kinda, others yeah
1: others yeah okay really and many times we'll I, I feel that. like I would like to play it again but who has the
0: time <laughs> yeah me and me and Dean Richards said a lot of incredible gaming moments but nothing will live up to the experience of playing God of War for the first time such a masterpiece that seems to be a recurring theme <laughs> everyone says masterpiece but I love it they did an amazing job of taking a ruthless killer and grounding him to a relatable level while not diminishing his abilities in any way. And yeah, I agree with that. Like, we think about the 2000s and mm-hmm. we think about Kratos. He was just a killer, cold-blooded killer. No, like He was a very one-dimensional character. I blame character. Dave Jaffe. And then coming into the 2010s, and I remember when they were talking about is this going to be a reboot? What is this going to be? Is this going to be a reimagining? All the speculation, and I remember just not being super interested because I was like, you know, I played the first one, I played parts of the third one. I kind of get, I get it, you know, and I get why those games are amazing for pe- were amazing for people back in the day. But playing through Kratos as a character who had grown and developed and evolved into fatherhood and to marriage and having all these complex emotions and feelings that he just never showed throughout the earlier games was just it was compelling writing in that it's kind of the same thing like the same result that Rich said about um about control where the characters said commented on it and it not feeling cheesy or you know too self-serving the this experience very well could have been cheesy and just been corny but it didn't feel that way it felt very fleshed out um mm-hmm. that kratos was being developed into more than a one-dimensional character and he was really fascinating like you play through the whole game and you're playing and you're building this bond and this experience with atreus and it still feels like Kratos at the end of the day. It doesn't feel like Kratos has just completely turned over a new leaf. It is a further development of Kratos, but you still see those inklings of who he was come out when he's interacting with Atreus or some of the other gods, or when he's talking with Mimir, which is the severed head that you you put on your belt and you walk around with like that, that go ahead.
1: Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I was gonna say like th- I think that's what works so well about that script is what uh, Cory Barlog like took from that was a question I think a lot of us kind of had but didn't think to ask about like Kratos if you were going to do something new with Kratos which for the entirety of the original God of War trilogy Kratos just wants to clean slate like be done with the Olympians fuck ends up being I want to fucking murder the Olympians but like what does he do after that and the answer is he leaves and gets away from all that and tries to just keep living and what kind of person would he become if if he were to do that and and like you said it's not a complete change overnight because he sort of acts in the way you'd expect a person with his past to it's not like he sets out and goes i'm going to be a different person he's just very withholding about his past and tries not to talk about it and you watch that exterior break as he has to come to terms with it and it it's such a surprisingly good storytelling when you look at what that original trilogy was.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yep. I agree. I agree. Um, the last comment that we have that I wanted to read today was from our buddy, uh, sector seven item shop, miss Leslie, the lovely human that she is. She wrote, if it weren't for this group, the fine fellows, both past and present, I don't think I'd be the shop. I am today. My favorite gaming memory in the past five years, aside from showing up on random people's podcasts, making art, and figuring out who I am all through the gaming community, is accidentally happening into meeting people that are just like me. Good people. I love you guys. And um, yeah, no better way to end this topic than filleting ourselves one more time. uh, Just for good measure. uh, (laughs) Please stop saying that. (laughs) Does it make you uncomfortable, filleting?
1: I'm sorry, I'm I'm sorry, I'm on the phone.
0: Okay. But no, uh That's a
1: fun joke that doesn't work because this isn't a visual No, podcast. it doesn't work at all.
0: But uh no, like that is one of that is one of the honestly the biggest memories like I have meeting amazing people like Leslie and everyone else, mm-hmm. reflecting on things like the times when I would uh stream Jackbox games and people of the community would show up and we would just have fun. I, I still remember the time that we were playing and Rich wasn't playing um alongside some of our other fans, and then he bought a shirt that somebody had, drew, uh, had drawn. Like I still, I still have two love of those.
1: that. Mm-hmm. They sent me two,
0: and I still have. We them. need an updated <laughs> picture with you in that shirt, Rich, sometime soon.
1: I have I, the second one is like a youth large that clearly doesn't fit me, um, as anyone who would have met me in real life would know. Um, so I, I'm going to say this now in the podcast because I've been thinking about this since the COVID thing started. When, when like the world is normal again, the next like convention I get to go to, the first person that comes up to me at a convention and asks for that t shirt can have it.
2: <laughs> Perfect.
0: So, there you have it. There you have it. But, um, yeah, so many amazing memories. Leslie, we love you so much. And, um, we love everybody that has ever interacted with us, ever been a part of this community, no matter how short or how long your stay has been here. Um, I want to say thank you to, everybody who's ever listened to us past and present or in the future um over the past 5 years especially though um mm-hmm. thank you to everybody who has ever supported us and uh, i want to thank gaming in general for better or worse you know there have been some really rough times in gaming as we <laughs> we talked about earlier this the week. Ma- the mayor yeah, of game yeah, podcast these last,
3: last few years have been been something in gaming
1: they happened all right
3: yeah
0: but there have been so many amazing experiences too in gaming. Um some really amazing people out there doing some amazing things and I'm just I'm thankful for you know, despite how shitty some people in this community, the overall gaming community as a whole can be, I am thankful for the amount of inclusivity and acceptance that has been happening um in recent years. The amount of amazing things people are doing. Um and just gaming in general. I'm just a happy to be a part of this hobby i used to be ashamed of it um when i was younger even like as i've gotten older i've kind of been ashamed when people are like oh you do a podcast what's it about and i'm like video games and like oh okay i've always been ashamed of that until recently where i'm like you know what this is clearly shown gaming has shown that it's it's here to stay it does amazing things for people and it's it's nothing to be ashamed of so i'm just i'm incredibly thankful
1: do you mean like when I, in my early 20s and people would be like, "Oh, you're a writer. What do you write about?" And I was like, "Smart fridges, technology." Mhm. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh-huh. I write about um um how this hardwood floor doesn't quite live up to the expectations or something. Please don't google me. Like. <laughs> Whatever you expect me to write about, that's adult like. That's what I write about.
1: What's normal? Um, what <laughs> what's a normal thing to write about?
0: Right, yeah. Like uh, I thought about it sometimes and I'm like, "You know, if I wasn't gaming, what would my hobbies be? And like, sometimes like I'm sitting around kind of bored and I'm like, Oh, I'm going to pop in a game for like an hour or something. And I think about, it, I'm like, what do people do when they're bored? If they don't game <laughs> I assume I've assume multiple times,
2: <laughs> they go
0: out and get a real hobby or that, or they, uh, they go and make it's money. The, it's the only you know, thing that, like that,
1: it's the only thing that stops me from getting drunk during the day. So I don't, I don't know how everybody else does it. doesn't stop me. Yeah, I don't know what y'all well, are not, doing. But. I mean, it <laughs> stops me from getting drunk during the day every day. Like, yeah, yeah. am I drunk during the day right now? Sure, it's Friday.
0: <laughs> you gotta live your life a little bit, Rich. I understand that. <laughs> but anyways, um, that's gonna wrap up the topic. That's gonna wrap up the show. Just kidding. We're gonna go on break. Um, we're gonna take a little bio break, and we will be right back after this commercial break. So, don't go anywhere.
2: X-ray! x
1: Read all about it! New merch at store.swordjump.com!
2: Uh.
3: You there, boy! What news?
2: News, sir!
1: New graphic designs over at store.swordjump.com!
3: New graphic designs at store.swordjump.com? That's right, sir! My God!
1: You can get all the designs you want on t-shirts, masks, hoodies, even phone cases!
3: They've done it. Those SwordChomp boys have brought Christmas early.
1: Aye, sir! This surely will be the best Christmas yet, if you navigate over to store.swordchomp.com right now!
3: God bless you, son.
2: God bless us, everyone!
0: Hey, everyone, we're back. Uh, thanks so much for waiting. I appreciate you. Um, now I get to unveil the surprise. Are you guys ready? Yes. Okay, cool. It's time on. for everyone's favorite segment, Soar Chomp Quiz Time. Pew, pew,
2: pew, 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 pew.
0: I'm bringing it back. We did it a little while ago, and we're bringing it back. So... Here are the ground rules. Very simple. You guys have 15 seconds instead of 10 seconds. Last time, 10 seconds was too short because of the lag. I'm going to do 15 seconds this time. You guys are welcome. Uh-huh. You're welcome. It's okay. I've, I've done it for you guys. I've pulled out all the stops. Um, make sure you guys keep track of your own score. No, I'll keep track of your guys' scores. Um, there are a total of 10 questions. Some of them, both of you can answer at the same time. Uh, the first person to raise their hand gets the answer. Or, yeah, first, well, actually, actually, no, 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 we won't do it that way. Um, <laughs> type in your answers. Type in your answers. You have 15 seconds to type in your answers. At the end of 15 seconds, hit enter, I will read your answers, and then I will read the correct answer. Um, some of the questions are geared towards one person; the other person is not allowed to answer that question. Um, there are equal number uh, or equal amount of questions for both of you. Okay, so mm-hmm. without further ado, question number one is for both of you. You have 15 seconds to answer. From the second I finish reading it, I will read the question two times just for clarity, and you have 15 seconds to type in your answer. After that, 15 seconds
2: ends. Type in your answer. Okay? Easy? Mm -hmm. Any questions? No? Okay, cool. All right. Question
0: number one. What was the best-selling game of 2016? Was it A, Battlefield 1,
2: B, NBA 2K17, C, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare,
0: or D, Grand Theft Auto 5. One more time. Was that A, Battlefield 1, B, NBA 2K17, C, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, or D, Grand Theft Auto 5? And remember, no using your phones, no using your computers, no cheating. Starts now. You have 15 seconds. Which one was it? Now Battlefield 1 was a great great wonderful game. Um NBA 2K17, maybe I don't know, Call of Duty always a sure choice, Grand Theft Auto 5.
2: And your 15 seconds are up, boys. So, let's check. Mr. Rich Meister
0: typed enter before the 15 seconds was up, so he didn't listen to the rules, but that's okay. Rich put Grand Theft Auto 5. And Josh also put Grand Theft Auto 5 or it's a trick question and you're counting within the year and then it's Call of Duty. Josh, which is your final answer?
1: I'm sorry, what is Grand Theft Auto 5?
3: No, I I assume it's GTA 5, but I didn't know if you're counting since then cuz GTA 5 has just kept selling. So that's that's the one I'm I'm talking about only within the year. Within the year. Okay, then I think it's probably yes. a toss-up with Call of Duty cuz that's such a big one. All right, which one do you choose, Josh? Yeah, you got to pick an answer. Well, I guess I guess so we don't end up with the same score, regardless. I'll go with Call
0: of Duty. I'm sure I'm the wrong. The correct though.
2: answer is
0: Drum roll, please. Oh wait, I'm the drummer. Is Call of Duty Infinite Warfare is the correct choice. Josh, you get a point. Hey, I think I got both parts of that right. By 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 going Yeah, alright. You hedged your bets and it worked well. Um Call of Duty Infinite Warfare was the f- best selling game of I'd like 2016. To chase my <laughs> Battlefield 1 was number two. NBA K2K17 217 was number four. And Grand Theft Auto V was the sixth best selling game of 2016. Mm-hmm. So, Josh, actually, yes, please keep track of your points. You have one point. I don't want to keep track because I already am keeping track of everything else. So, Josh, this question is for you only. Uncharted 4 is the best-selling installment of the series to date, with over 20 million individual copies sold. Josh, is that statement true or false? I'm going to read it one more time and then give you 15 seconds. And you can just say your answer on this one. Uncharted 4 is the best-selling installment of the series to date, with over 20 million individual copies sold. Josh, is this statement true or false? And your time starts now.
2: Rich, what do you think? There's so many Please, specifics to think, that Rich. question. Actually, just hold your thoughts. So many
3: specifics to that, that it, it seems like there'd be some little part of it that's not right. We're going to go with true.
0: Rich, what do you sure think? One Granted, little part of Rich, you don't wrong, get man. any points,
2: but what do you think? False. You think false. Okay. The correct answer is false. I'm sorry,
0: Josh. Mm. It was false. It was actually 15 million individual copies sold. Ah, okay. No way See, you could have yeah, I, known I knew that? It was,
3: yeah. I, I figured it was going to be something wrong with the
0: numbers, but anyway. Went for true yeah. anyway. That's okay. You still have a one-point lead over Mr. Rich Meister. This next question is actually Gear towards Rich, so um, Josh, you can hang, hang back and watch him sweat under pressure. Rich, Persona 5, was released f- Persona 5 was released a few months before Final Fantasy Fifteen. Is this true or false, Rich? I'll read it one more time and then start your time. Persona 5 was released a few months before Final Fantasy Fifteen. True or false, Rich?
2: Do you mean in Japan or in America? America. False. Is that your final answer? yeah rich i'm sorry to say it the answer is true final fantasy
0: 15 was released in november of 2016 in the u.s persona 5 was released in september of 2016 in the u.s sorry buddy it's the way Mm. it's the way the cookie crumbles
1: I still have the previous date for, like, uh, this is not an excuse, but this is totally why, like, I still remember Persona, like, it had come out in February, which is not
0: the case. It's all good. Because it was all supposed good. to. It's all good. It was only one point. Josh is up one to Rich is zero. And now it's a question for both of you. So you have 15 seconds. Type in your answers. Do not hit enter until after the 15 seconds are up. That way you don't give any hints to your fellow person you are competing against. Because I think you kind of gave Josh the advantage there, Rich. So. Did it? Here we go. A little bit. I don't think think. so. Okay. Number four. The fifth. Number five. The fifth best-selling game of 2017 was A, Mario Kart 8. B, Star Wars Battlefront 2. C, Assassin's Creed Origins or D, Grand Theft Auto 5. One more time. The fifth best-selling game of 2017 was A, Mario Kart 8, B, Star Wars Battlefront 2, C, Assassin's Creed Origins or D, Grand Theft Auto 5. Your time starts now. Interesting. It's interesting that Grand Theft Auto 5 continues to pop up on this list. That game, I'm surprised at how well it has sold over the years, but all right, your 15 seconds are up. Boys, what is your answer? Fifth is such a harder thing to judge (sighs) than
3: first, I think.
0: Yeah, that's why I went with it. I'm trying to increase the difficulty as the questions go along. Yeah, that is a tough one to mentally... Yeah. So, you just got to kind of guess and hope you get it right. Mm-hmm. Josh put Assassin's Creed Origins. Rich double down on Grand Theft Auto V. It's got to be the right answer eventually. <laughs> the correct answer, boys, was A, Mario Kart 8 was the fifth best-selling game of 2017. Star Wars Battlefront Two. Okay. this one shocked me. Number two best-selling game. Is that surprising? Because that game was. It's surprising just because of all the controversy that happened during that well, time. Well,
1: the controversy happened after it launched. Like it was a yeah. game people were hyped people for. People were
0: ready for
3: that. Whenever, yeah, it came. That's out.
0: true. That's true. See, Assassin's Creed Origins was the eighth best-selling game of twenty seventeen. Oh, it's close. And, That's close. Yeah, and I will give you guys a point if you can tell me. Where Grand Theft Auto 5 lands. I will tell you this. It's in the top ten.
3: Third. One.
0: Jo- ten. Ten, okay. Ten. This is the tenth best selling game.
2: Okay,
1: I was I was closer, so, yeah. So I get the but point. see, that's
3: that's what I was getting at with that first one. <laughs> how
0: GTA just kept selling. Still top ten <laughs> the next year. That's it's price
1: yep. is right rules. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. <laughs> that game is just the game that never dies. Okay, Mm -hmm. so question number five is to Rich only. Switch up the order a little bit. Rich, true or false? The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild was Nintendo's best-selling game of 2017. Not the best-selling game of all of 2017. Was Nintendo's best. So let me read that one more time. The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild was Nintendo's best-selling game of 2017. Now, Rich, is this true or false? You have 15 seconds. What do you think? There were a lot of really good Nintendo games that year. That's what I'm
1: saying. That was a stacked year.
0: It was a very stacked year. Uh, the only thing I'm thinking of is, was it that or was it Odyssey? Yeah, I know. That's such a uh, tough one. I'm going to go false. Okay. False is the answer Rich is going with, and the correct answer is False. Super Mario Odyssey was actually mm-hmm. the third yeah. best-selling game of that year and was Nintendo's best-selling game of 2017. Okay. Yeah. That's Rich, what good I figured job. It you are on Odyssey the board. Mm-hmm. You are on the board. I was a little bit surprised by that. Not a lot, but a little bit, just because I know people yeah. still talk Mario's about still Breath bigger. of the Wild so like, much more. Mario and Zelda move
1: consoles. Zelda yeah. is probably... Zelda was probably bigger for a core gamer audience, but... Odyssey definitely moved units for people that don't even play a lot of video games. Yeah, I was thinking
3: thinking Zelda could have had it beat out because it was at launch. So people would have picked it up immediately, but it was hard to get a Switch. So I got one of
1: those Amazon pre-orders like the moment they went up. So I like that was, God, I remember that Switch day. I remember the the huge Amazon box filled Mm -hmm. with Breath of the Wild, my Switch, and
0: a shit ton of (laughs) Amiibo. Yep, yep. Zelda was the seventh best-selling game of um, that year, actually. So there you go. There's some more random facts. So, Mm -hmm. Rich, you are tied with Josh at one. But, Josh, you could pull away here with your own true or false question. So, Josh, true or false? Destiny 2 won our prestigious award for best sex life in the ChompCast 2017 Game of the Year Awards. I'm going to read that one more time. Destiny to one hour, Sword Chomp. Our prestigious award for best sex life in the Chompcast 2017 Game of the Year Awards. Your time starts now. This is one of the categories that made no sense when we thought it up, and we never did it again.
3: Yeah. Yeah, we had so many of these random one off Yeah topics or, or
2: categories. Did. Uh, false. All right. You're gonna go with false? The correct answer, Josh, is
0: actually true. It did win the best was it <laughs> sex life award. And you know what? I listened to that conversation yesterday when I was writing this quiz, and the co- and the conversation was as incoherent as the topic or uh, the award category itself. Let me tell yeah. you, what. I I was listening to it and I was like, I don't know what the fuck we were thinking in 2017 because yeah, that Made yeah zero no sense. I
3: have. Exactly zero memory of that. that same, that, same.
0: Mm, mm. It, to be fair, though, Josh, it was mainly Fish and Morgan talking about that.
3: So. Yeah, I uh. assume that's one of the topics we would have just kind of blown off. Like, hey, I'm going
2: to use the bathroom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> y- you guys let me know what gets yep. warm. Yep, pretty much. Pretty much. All right, this
0: next question is for both of you. So 15 seconds, hit enter after the 15 seconds. Here we go, Spider-Man for the PS4 was the best-selling game of 2018. That is true. About how many copies were sold? A, four million, B, five million, C, six million, or D, 10 million. Read that one more time. Spider-Man 4 for the PS4 was the best-selling game of 2018 about how many copies were sold. A, four million, B, five million, C, six million, or D, 10 million. Your time starts now. How many copies did this sell? I was kinda surprised because uh, Call of Duty usually takes the number one spot, but uh, it was cool to see Spider-Man take the number one spot in 2018. So, very cool to see that. All right. Your time is up, boys. A, B, C, R, D. Four million, five million, six million, or ten million. Okay. Josh said ten million. Rich said six million. The correct answer, boys, is B, five million. It actually sold 5.1 million copies, which I was a little bit surprised about. Not a lot, but a little bit. So that's so low um,
3: compared if- to the numbers of the year before. For the top game, (laughs) I guess there was just more variety. There was was
1: 2018 was a big
0: year. I mean, God of War came out. Um, Yeah, just more. That was the year I believe Red Dead Two came out. Sharing the market. Yeah, yeah. There were there are a ton of games out that year, so makes sense. Unfortunately, neither of you got a point on that board, but you guys are still tied at one to one. As we have three more questions, you guys have three more (laughs) opportunities, or two more opportunities to each get. Two points so let's see if you guys capitalize on that rich question number eight is for you what was sore chomps game of the year in 2018 this is not a true or false question what was sore chomps game of the year in 2018 you have 15 seconds I don't know
1: I don't don't listen to this show
0: (laughs) you have 10 seconds buddy hopefully you can pull this one out of your ass
1: Oh, I know the answer.
2: Oh, you do? Okay. What's yeah. the answer? It was Guitar Room, man. Is that your final answer? Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. Well, I can see
0: he's taking this game seriously. The correct answer mm-hmm. is into the breach. That's right. The see, game that
2: the, the indie game that not me captured not our hearts, an idea
0: of.
1: <laughs> the problem's not me not having an idea of what the game of the year would have been. It's me having no idea what
3: came out in 2018 without ha- looking it up. I know there's been so much. Like I know it was.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, it, this was a, a little bit surprising because the year before we had put cuphead as our game of the year, which was an indie game. And then this year, uh, 2018, another indie game made our game of the year because all four of us really loved and enjoyed that game. Uh, when all four of us were doing it. Uh, Rich, you weren't with Mm -hmm. us quite at that time yet. But yeah, I, I didn't think you'd get that one, Rich, which is why I put it there. It's a pretty hard question. So, Josh, true or false? Among Us, the game that swept the nation by storm in 2020 and the world, rather, came out actually in 2018. Among Us came out in 2018. True or false, Josh? What do you think?
3: I know it's a couple years old. I can't remember if it came out 2018 or 2017. See this I actually need to do. Uh, Except me. True. Let's go with true. I I it's it's around there, but I'm not sure the exact date.
0: Rich, do you think this one's true or false? True. Absolutely right. It is true, Josh. You get another point on the board. All right, Among Us did in fact come out in 2018, and I actually didn't know that until I did some research.
1: I guess. weirdly did know that one.
0: Yeah, I, sorry, I, I gave
3: I gave Josh the easier one, Rich. I knew it was around that time. I was still. You could have got me with you know, a year near then, and I would have been probably stumped. I, you could have given me 17, and I would have probably thought that too. So.
0: Yeah, I didn't want I to just do too many false questions. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, this is the 10th and last question. So, if neither of you get this right, Josh automatically wins. At two points to Rich's one. Rich, if you get this right and Josh doesn't get it right, we will have a sudden death question that I will think of on the spot. <laughs> and Josh, obviously, if you get this right, you know you win. So, all right, Rich, you got to get this right, and you got to hope Josh gets this wrong. Borderlands 3 came out in 2019. <laughs> The question is, is Borderlands 3 bad. In the top 10 best selling games of 2019, what place was Borderlands 3? This one I am not giving you a multiple choice on. This one is the hardest question, obviously.
3: Is this sales or ratings? What you just said top
0: I said top ten best selling games best-selling. Maybe the sorry, there's a little lag there.
3: I'm gonna yeah, go the I'll read it one
0: more time. Hold on. Borderlands three came out in twenty nineteen. In the top 10 best-selling games of 2019, what place was Borderlands 3? Give you guys 15 seconds, type which answer you think it is, which place you think it is, and at the end of 15 seconds, I will reveal your answers to which, Rich, hope to God you get it right. And here we are. All right, gents, type in your answers now, or press enter on your answers all right i have some good news and bad news the good news is one of you have won the game today just now (laughs) which means rich you did not win the game (laughs) because you could have only tied. the correct answer was fourth place and josh you typed seventh place rich you were pretty close you typed fifth place you were really close yeah, I just thought,
1: like, if I really... liked bad games, how many how would I have bought this? <laughs> and the answer was, yeah. I bought uh, all right. Borderlands 3. Sorry. I think
0: you went with the good, safe answer. You went with the safe yeah. answer. So
3: I couldn't even think about what came out 2019 when you said that, so I, I had
0: nothing to compare it to.
3: Originally, I was going to go with 11.
0: Mm. Yeah, I, he- I heard that, Rich. Yeah. Smart ass. But no, Josh, you have won the game. Good job. Very proud of you. All right. Well done, sir. It, it was a hard fought victory. You pulled it through. And if you were playing along at home, let me know how many points you got. When we uh post that the show goes live, uh let me know how many points you got. If you got more than Josh and Rich, uh if you struggled like they I think that's did as likely. well. Ah, uh, like well, there were some pretty hard questions. Like you really gotta recall a lot of things. So mm-hmm. um Yeah, let us know how many points you got on that quiz. And uh, speaking of, we're going to do our whole little rigmarole spiel really quickly uh, in the middle of the show. I decided to change it up and put it in the middle instead of the beginning of the show. Uh, Give it a try. See if you guys like it. If you like what we are doing here today and you want more content, please subscribe to the show wherever you can. Um, That helps us a lot. Gets us discovered. Helps more. Uh, people discover us, get some fresh faces, some new ears, which we love to have as we love building our community to be beautiful and bountiful, as uh, we say, which we've never said, but I'm going to say pretend that we say it all the time. Um, also, if you want more content from us, head over to SoarChomp.com, where you're going to find more podcasts such as Chomping After Dark, which a new episode is going to be dropping next week. Um, it's... A very special episode that rich and i have been wanting to do for quite some time we did lord of the rings the fellowship of the ring the movie the extended edition it's already available for the patrons um it will be launching next week here very shortly we're going to be launching our our next uh chomping after dark episode the patrons get that two weeks early um it's just more content it's a spoiler cast which we we very much love doing those episodes. And there's another podcast called uh, Evoking the Sublime where in the past I've interviewed video game developers and my own father. Um it's a really fun uh limited run podcast that I've really enjoyed doing in the past. You can check that out. Also, we have merch on the site which I I've been wearing my merch around a lot this summer uh, as literally everyone's been asking me about it. They love they love my merch our merch rather. Um, you can get some threads there and if you get it, let us know, send us a picture and we want to feature that on our social media space. Um, we have a Patreon, which helps us immensely as we are completely listeners funded and supported show. Um, each dollar that you give to us, we put right back into the show. We want to make the show and just Sword chomp in general as amazing and top tier as possible. Um, yeah, if you want to help us stay afloat, keep the lights on, it really really means a lot. Even at the $1 tier, we have a bunch of rewards for you. You can head over there and check it out if you are interested. Um that's all I'm going to say about that. And um we have an awesome editorial section as well. Um I just recently got in uh a review up on Ender Lily's Quietus of the Night which was a game that slipped past all of our uh, view at the beginning of the year, just kind of slipped past everybody and is a game that I very much loved. It's a Metroidvania style game, which I'm going to be talking about here in a few minutes, but I got a review up for that. Um, The, the editorial, it's not the editorial section, it's actually called the article section. I keep calling it the editorial section. But uh, Rich has been heading that up, and he's been doing some stuff with Rich, or not Rich. Rich has been doing some stuff with Rich. No, Rich has been doing some stuff with Ray. Yeah. Oh, oh, you bastard. <laughs> so uh, Rich actually wanted to tell you guys about some of the new stuff that's going to be coming out here shortly, so Rich, go, go for it.
1: Yeah, um, been a productive week as far as uh, getting on track with editorial stuff, so I just wanted to say a couple of things going on right now. For one, comments are turned on, so feel free to call us assholes in the comments now. Uh, Go on that website, type some shit in, call us pieces of crap, tell us we're idiots, all that fun stuff. Um, By the time this podcast is up, there will be a review out, two reviews from me, uh, obviously uh, Shay has... Andrew Lilly's up there now. You'll be looking at one for Skyward Sword HD and for Omno, uh, which I'm going to talk about here in a little bit. Um, As well, hopefully within the the next couple of days, uh, Ray is going to start by launching a subsection I've wanted to do on the site for a while, which is Retro Reviews, which is where I said, fuck it, we're going to review old games because who cares? And he's going (laughs) to review a Game Boy Color game, and it's not a popular one.
0: (laughs) That's actually uh, awesome, Rich, because Josh and I were talking about that last week about like some of the games he's recently acquired um him going back and reviewing some really shitty older games as well so that would be perfect for that well, section.
1: as the editor i'm opening the doors for retro reviews review whatever you want you're playing a game from 20 years ago i don't give a shit we're gonna fill out the site with whatever the fuck we want
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah i love that and um to kind of expand upon that, if you end up writing a comment on any of those articles, um, if we can find some time in the show, we'd love to read some of those on the show as well. So yeah, please check out the articles Um, there. There's been a lot more going up there. There's been a lot of work put into that section um, as of recently and um, gives us a reason to keep Ray on the beautiful human being that he is. So um, thank you for that rich right now. We're going to talk about some video games. Uh, we took two. We took a week off. That has allowed us to build up two weeks worth of games. Um, we have six games to get to today. We're going to start off with Pokemon Unite, which is a game that um, all three of us have played very recently. Obviously, it just came out a few weeks ago. It is the new Pokemon MOBA that was released. Um, I remember briefly hearing about it and kind of just brushing it off. And then... Um, Rich had mentioned that it had been released a few weeks ago and I was like, okay, I got to try that. And I was immediately mesmerized by it. So, uh, basically how it works is for those of you who are not very familiar with MOBAs, I'm sure you are, but in just in case you're not, um, you have up to five players you play with. If you're playing ranked or casual, uh, there are also quick battles that kind of bend those rules a little bit but you are five on five you pick from a select amount of pokemon i believe there are close to 20 pokemon in the game right now Uh, a lot of fan favorites are in there obviously and they're slowly going to be expanding more they released one new pokemon already Uh, it's a free-to-play game and basically you have a top lane a middle lane and a bottom lane and it's you have a set amount of moves and you are trying to uh knock out other Pokemon and score points in a little hoop. It's kind of like basketball and there's a set amount of points you can score before it blows up the hoop. It's a 10 minute game. um, If you're playing ranked or casual again, quick, the quick uh, rounds are a little bit different. Uh, I'm not going to be talking about those too much, but I mean, that's the basis of the game right there. And um, I wanted to talk with you about it. You guys about it a little bit because all three of us have got in into the game in varying degrees. Um, unfortunately, I was there for Josh's last moment of ever playing that game. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I wanted to kind of like open up the floor and talk with you guys about it um a little bit i I really enjoyed the game at first, like my first impressions were I'm absolutely surprised at how much I'm loving this game because it feels so accessible is like the most accessible mobile we've ever played and we talked about it a little bit um briefly before two weeks ago like i just had my initial impressions um and i talked about how accessible we all talked about how accessible it was um yeah there's a lot that the game does to try and get you into it at the beginning um the studio gives you all this free stuff at the very beginning like a ton of free stuff Um, You get new characters pretty early on. You get costumes early on, both for your character and some of the Pokemon. Uh, You get these item enhancers that improve these held items in the game. You get all this stuff, and it's a little overwhelming at first at how much free shit that they give you, and that's to onboard you to the game. And that stuff obviously runs dry, not completely Mm -hmm. dry, but um, it's not arid, but they definitely decrease the amount free stuff that they give you the further into the game you get because obviously they've already onboarded you at that point and then they're doing the whole uh game as a service crack pipe kind of thing like i just need a little bit more points to get that pokemon like obviously that's kind of how it is um it's a free-to-play game so what do you expect but i'm surprised at um there's a lot it's not a perfect game and we're going to Talk about that a little bit later. I'm sure we'll reflect off of Josh's opinion off of that because I have some comments too. But there's a lot of polish there for a free to play game. I was surprised that um, it looks good on the Switch. It doesn't look amazing, but it looks pretty good. Um, it's obvious. It's a game that's easier to play docked than in handheld mode because of all the micro calculations that are happening. If you're playing it in handheld mode, it's a little bit more difficult, I think. Um, I tried playing it. Handheld, I've tried to play it on the stand and having my switch controllers, uh, the joy cons, uh, taken off and playing that way. And then I've played, I just want to say it's and... a terrible way to play anything. <laughs> oh, it is. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. But, um, I was, uh, I was not being You're a playing it at a rooftop party. So, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I was trying all three ways because I wanted to see, you know, like get a feel for it. And definitely, docked is the best way to play um the game just because of all Three the things ways. that are happening on screen.
2: What's that?
3: Three ways. Y you, you, you didn't try the tap controls?
2: No. He's not a masochist. i mm. I, yeah. I'll,
3: I also have not tried them, but it's it, this is a mobile game, so we probably should not have yet tried it isn't. It. We probably should have tried not the tap yet, controls. It not yet it isn't. So
1: that mobile version's not out.
3: Yeah it's not out, but uh everything in here is Everything and, Nintendo has been doing with their mobile games, which and has I been wouldn't, just I, the scummiest of microtransaction nonsense. That, like, as generally apart from the microtransactions and disgusting game design, as Nintendo has been for the most part, their mobile games have been absolutely chock full of it. And this yeah. is this is in that same vein of. We're going to try to get you to spend all your money on this game. Sort of a feel to the way it's implemented. Same as all, all their other mobile stuff. Um, and it is it is shocking seeing that on the Switch.
0: Um, the future just, is bright, to say, yeah. to say the least. Um, oh. Go ahead, Rich. I'll let you yeah, go I'm... in. I've been talking a lot.
1: I don't. I don't have uh, a lot to add from last time. Uh, I still kind of feel the same way I do about it. Like I get, I get everything Josh is saying is yeah. That that's MOBA's to me. That is what that landscape became over the years. Um, it is a MOBA. It is a a simplified one, and I think it's fun. I'll return to it every now and again, um, unless it it rubs me the complete wrong way, like I ended up doing with Josh after a while. Um, but like it's a MOBA, and that's a known quantity for me. At the end, it's all just implementing on what aeon strife was <laughs> and yeah. sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't and sometimes in the mood i'm in the mood for that and 90 percent of the time i'm not uh i hate the man i become when i play mobas <laughs> um i i if i hear a hot item i have like a slight seizure and i have ptsd about raw uh mobas are bad kids quit quit mobas but no it's I, I will always give this thing credit for definitely, as Shay was saying earlier, being like a very, very accessible MOBA, and I think it's cool that it's out there, and trappings around games like this are always going to be a little gross and predatory, but you just got to kind of know what you're in for.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've, I've had a lot of fun with the game. i probably dumped way more hours into it than I should. Um, you guys would probably would be a little bit flabbergasted at how much time I put into that game already. I've definitely played over 150 matches at this point. I, I've really enjoyed my time with the game. Yeah, I know, I know. See, Josh, I knew you were going to shake your head the moment I said that. But um, I've really enjoyed the, the game getting into it now that i've been into it i'm not i'm finding i'm not enjoying the game as much i've had a few issues with it um there's definitely been a little bit of lag issues and that's partly probably in part due to my own internet and part of it is also due to just the nintendo network in general not being the most optimized online network to begin with but um and the more egregious problem that i've been having especially in the past few days and i was talking with rich about it before the show is that the game is absolutely terrible with matchmaking especially when you start getting into ranked when you're playing casual you're playing the quick games it's not such a big deal because you know you're just there to have fun you're just you're there to just crank some stuff out and um enjoy but in ranked um they have different obviously ranks you have you have um novice great uh what's the next one? i can't remember the next one and then there's veteran there's elite all, all these different tiers basically that you can aspire to get to and what's frustrating is you get to i've gotten to a certain point where i'm probably about midway to slightly above midway on that tier list and josh i'm sure you can relate to this a little bit from playing overwatch And I know, Rich, you can relate to as we were talking before the show. Um, I can be put in games that are incredibly well balanced and feel like, okay, I really got to hone my skills here in order to get us over the edge. Because you have moments where you as a single player can make a powerful move to put your team slightly further over the edge of winning the game there are games where I'm put in to where I'm on a clearly dominant team. And it's like, I'm playing against newbies because like I'm level six at like three, four minutes in, and I'm still having level three guys running straight towards me, trying to kill me. And I'm like, are you not, are you not trying to level yourself up here? And it's just a complete and utter domination where we have 20 to 25 kills between our team to their one. And we've scored 200, Points worth in their goals, and they've yeah. scored ten, and then they and a little surrender. Cliche, no, and it's I'm like, on okay, that team, didn't even feel like supposed <laughs> to jungle guys. We're sp- yeah, yeah, right. And then, and- of course, the most frustrating is it's felt like recently I've been put on the opposite end of that, where I'm the only competent player on that team, and I'm playing with a bunch of new players, and I'm sitting there trying to defend my goal while the other four are running on the bottom lane or on the top lane, and I have two, three guys running at me, attacking me, so I can't jungle and level up because I have no one else there protecting the goal with me between these two to three guys, and then I become severely underleveled, and then we just get rolled over. And that's yeah. been happening a lot lately. And Rich had made the point... So here's what
1: you want to do. <laughs> you want to go into the jungle as ghastly and you want to build your Gengar with Hex and Sludge Bomb, and then you don't need a team.
3: Yeah, I mean if you pay enough to, to get your items up to stuff. Well, yeah, yes, that but, goes without saying. Yeah. It's only a couple hundred bucks to max those items out. Yeah, it's like whatever. Yeah. Um yeah. but no, no, that I, I think that kinda like I was saying before, has something to do with their mobile philosophy to, it's doing pay to this win because and it's the future. their matchmaking is so much better on something like splatoon. like they they understand how to do this. Um, they've done it better before, but like the entire time we were playing, matches are made instantly, just period. Like you queue, you're instantly in a match, um, which means you are getting into completely unbalanced matches every time because that's the only I- way to accomplish that is to just start the matches regardless of <laughs> any, any sort of mmr that they may be keeping track of it's, it's hard to say i don't know if they're doing anything
0: other than just the the rank you happen to be in um dude i i even wonder if they're like stacking the deck sometimes like because I, I maybe I'm being a little bit too conspiracy theorist here, but it feels like you know, because it is a pay to play or pay to win, excuse me, pay to win yeah. kind of model. That, like Josh was alluding to earlier, some of the held items you can get, you can upgrade your items by using yeah. what are called item enhancers, and you get a set amount of them each time you complete a challenge. And you there's like a ro- random like loot roll chance element yeah. that, that Machamp is juicing. Items as well. We yeah can get and it's, them a, as it's well.
3: essentially like a and very very e- cheap to upgrade them at the beginning and then each time you upgrade it it's more and more expensive until it's yes, just it gets astronomical
0: more more. to upgrade stuff at the end which yes yes I, and i'm at that point right now with yeah. one of my items and that's what i was trying to say here is that it like obviously you want to get your items built up to a reasonable level to compete because they do make it they do make uh, a difference yeah, it's, it's a, um, yes. they do give you a slight edge and that's the reality of it, unfortunately. More than slight in some cases. And yeah, in some cases, if, if it's If they're stacking the massive. deck against you, yeah. if they're stacking the deck against you sometimes, then that makes you feel like, well, I'm not adequate enough, or yeah. I don't have enough Th- the thing you that- know, power in my items, so I need to pay in order to stay afloat or to, yes. to keep on at par level with some of these the, people the thing that's that, why i, I, think I have some no some of the matchmaking they're trying to stack the deck there a little bit maybe i'm wrong but with pay to yeah pl- or pay to win models i never discount any exactly slimy, like i i have
3: underhanded deck. i have no evidence that they're doing this but it's 10 cent you know they know how to do this like if you've already put they've money d- they're not this doing game, anything wrong if they've put if you've already put money into this game you have to know that these are the sort of people that understand that, oh, you just spent a little money, we're going to make sure you get into matches where you stomp for the next four or five matches. So you associate completely owning someone with paying a little bit
1: of money. Well, isn't that the, um, it, it,
3: and here, I could, the th- like, again, I don't have any evidence of them doing that, but I would not put it past 10 cent for a second
2: to, no, to do that. No, I wouldn't that. either. I wouldn't I either.
1: I know no yeah. one knows how true this is, but I know a while back there was like a Reddit post from a guy claiming to have worked for EA and saying that at one point EA was testing and developing a piece of matchmaking software that was basically designed to pair players in such a way that was it would, let's say in Call of Duty, uh, Josh, you used one particular sniper rifle all the time, mm-hmm. but weren't that good with it. It would find another player who used that sniper rifle and was really good with it, but also bought a premium skin for that sniper yeah. rifle and pitch you against him so you would associate that skin with being good with that weapon yeah. and make you more likely to purchase it.
3: Yep. No, I, it, it, Like I'm... again, Nintendo did the same thing with the, the, the mobile Mario Kart thing where you'd get matched in with bots that were wearing skins and depending on the price of the skin, it was, you know... That's how well they were How well yeah. they would perform. And like, this is, this is the sort of just unbelievably slimy shit that companies know how to take advantage of people with. And I'm, I'm just tired of it. It's exhausting. It's exhausting.
2: America. Yeah.
1: America. It's not, it's not just America though, It's I mean,
0: yeah, no, it's, it's, it's literally uh, everywhere No, no. It's own.
1: just, it's just capitalism. Yeah, it's yeah. just China capitalism.
0: based Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No. Capitalism. Yeah. That's a... Oh. Ooh, that's a conversation for another day. Uh, yeah, yep. that's something big for the patrons where we just rage about capitalism. But <laughs> capitalism cast. <laughs> um, no, I like the other big issue I think with the game, and this is where Josh fell off pretty hard, and understandably so. I kind of was trying to get him. I was trying to say otherwise just to keep him playing for a little bit longer because we were playing with our buddy Matt. But um they don't show you very good stats of what unfortunately of exactly how much of an advantage or disadvantage you get or you have, or you are at like at the end of a match, they show you some level of stats and then, but they don't give you precise amount. And like for me overall, like I don't need that super precise, but for people like Josh who who, that's how he plays, like especially someone who's trying to uh, obviously min max and like, really be precise about how they're playing that doesn't work and unfortunately it makes sense as a free-to-play game and as a pay-to-win game that they wouldn't do that they'd keep some of that stuff nebulous but um even though it's easy to get into it seems like the further you get in there's not enough there to keep the not casual gamer there if that makes sense. And that's not, that's not a slam to anyone who loves that game and is going to play it for a long time because it is a very fun game. And obviously I've been playing it for a long time and maybe I'm just calling myself a casual. I don't know. Um, I'll have to reconcile that at a later date. But what I'm saying is that, um, like other MOBAs that you play, like a, like a league of legends or, um, you know, even Heroes of the Storm, it seems like there is more there that as you start getting better at those games that you can dig into more and it makes you better as a player, There's right? But like in this game, there's not enough there for you to figure out and discover to where you feel like you can truly, you know, understand how it works and really get better as a player like i can go in and read yeah. some of the players moves and it tells you what some of those moves does which i did do and it actually helped me understand some some of the moves i was using it, a little bit yeah yeah you can get you can understand the synergies better, like, and like i how don't they know
3: work together but like any yes. actual numbers are almost impossible to find you could work it out yourself that, because that in the, caters
0: to like, the whole practice mode? market thing of it
3: yeah, in the practice mode, you can see your DPS while using, like, a combo. It's got, like, a little target dummy that will show you that. So there's ways to figure it out, but it is the most awkward, out-of-the-way place to do it. Um, and even then, it's, it's, it's almost impossible to make heads or tails of. Uh, meanwhile, and we kind of mentioned this before, the place you get hard numbers about anything in this game, is the items. Your held items that you have to pay money to level up. Like, Classic. oh man, look, look at this thing. I could be doing 4% extra damage if I just upgraded this item. And that is the only thing you have to anchor to. That's, that is the only number that they give you to concretely say, this will give me an advantage.
2: Yep. Exactly. Yeah. I, um, yeah, there, there's some slimy
0: aspects about it, but I, I also still, there's a level that I really enjoy when the game's clicking. It's really fun. Like I got, I played a little bit of matches yesterday after I got done cleaning my apartment, got some cooking done, talked with some friends back in the States, and I was like, you know, what? I'm just going to put an hour into this, um, game. And I'm here. When I got into, um, when I got into some matches that were evenly balanced, I really had a ton of fun with the game. Uh, when, it's cl- when it's running on all cylinders, everything's working well, I really enjoy the game. And it's, yeah. it's the moments where, and there's a lot of them, unfortunately, where it reminds me <laughs> it's a pay-to-win mobile game, essentially, where I'm, I, I'm finding myself like, fuck this shit, I don't want to play this shit anymore. And I fucking hate it. And this is why I don't generally like playing online games anymore. Cause I've said that two or three times now, guys, I'm like, fuck this. I'm not playing this anymore. I'm done with this. And then I'm like, I know there's a new character going to be released today. Fucking. And then like, that's exactly what happened to me yesterday. I knew that they were giving me a new character and then it pulled me back in. And, um, that's the unfortunate part about these games. And that's why when people like, are like, well, do we need to consider this for gambling and mental health, like, regulating some of this stuff? I don't necessarily agree with it, but I understand it when I consider that for even my own self about how I can feel, like, kind of pulled in by those things. That being said... I mean, we don't consider mental health in the the rest of our lives.
1: Why do it in video games?
0: (laughs) If you are someone who doesn't Uh. typically get pulled in by that stuff, then this game, I think there's some fun to be had. As long as you don't get yourself too sucked in... um, like yeah. I did towards the beginning, there's a lot of fun to be had in this game. Um, yeah, it, especially it is if you, you don't should be aware it of, though, because um, if this
3: is something that you do historically struggle with, there's an awful lot that is willing and able to to take advantage of you in this. So you, it's it's something you should know.
2: Yes, Probably a good absolutely. time to
1: announce the new Sword Chomp MOBA coming to uh, <laughs> smart devices.
3: <laughs> um,
1: you get Shay for free. Yes. Uh, but if you want the Shea premium skin. Mm-hmm.
0: That's me. That's me with my uh, 10 year anniversary Tinder hat. Um, that's the <laughs> that's the skin. <laughs> you got to pay for that. <laughs> like, could you imagine that if somebody was like, you've been swiping uh, on Tinder for 10 years. Let's get you some free merch. I'd be like, my my only skin was me
1: in a Waluigi hat. Nintendo immediately copyright struck it.
0: <laughs> yeah, copyright strike on that. So, um I think that's pretty much the last you're gonna hear of Pokemon Unite from us, other than like maybe, oh man, they released this new Pokemon. They got me back into it for like a quick spell. Like if they put Growlithe and Arcanine in there, I'm telling you guys, I'm right back in the game. It's it's like yeah. like once they put my favorite Pokemon in there, it, it's over, you know. And that's that's the thing. That's the lucky thing about this Moba, is they've only released like 20 plus Pokemon. Once they start putting in some of, like, the not, like, because most of the characters in there are the fan favorites at this point. Um, but once they start getting some of those other characters in there that people really love that are not yeah, the like fan favorites necessarily, people are going to start getting more sucked into that game. So, um, Well, I mean, think
1: about it. League of Legends has over 100 characters, so they'll get there
0: yeah that's what yep. i'm saying so they've but got that, i think that's pretty much
1: so th- many to choose from th- and all of them th- are someone's favorite the last time a, a moba managed to suck me back in with a character release was when smite added ganesh and i was like whoa <laughs> yeah
0: yeah they, like there are ways to do it so um i don't think you'll hear like another major talking about this game again there's fun to be had but um just be careful like if you have an, a, a nature that gets addicted to stuff like this just be careful. That's my, that's my mm. fair and honest warning to you because I, I'm one of those people that can be susceptible to that myself. So just be careful.
1: This podcast brought to you by Pokemon Unite. Pokemon Unite, the new. Pokemon Unite. Your
0: Pokemon When you're here, you're Pokemon once when you finish your dailies and raid Shadow Legends, you're in debt. <laughs> yeah, God. I'm surprised. You know, Final the Fantasy. The worst part is. They're not Final Fantasy. Fast and the Furious and um, Olive Garden haven't done a cross promo. With all that, like, all that meme of like when you hear your family, and then (laughs) Vin Diesel's like, Someone say family, let's go to Olive Garden. You know, like, why has (laughs) that not happened yet? Oh, God. That needs to happen. If anyone out there who is like up there in the Fast and the Furious franchise or up there in the Olive Garden hears this um, and thinks, Yeah, that is a great idea, and they make it happen, all I ask for is just like, if it's a, like a, a big boon for you just give me a thousand dollars just give me a small yeah, I, cut no, i you don't think, even need to put my name on it just you know my name at this point you're listening to this podcast just send me a thousand dollars and call it good i'm
1: okay i don't even want the joke i just want olive garden to do a promotion with the, the release of the next fast and the furious film where there's like the fast and the furious family deal and right you get like a a, a bucket of corona and never-ending pasta <laughs>
0: <laughs> or better yet, better yet, I love a scene in the new Fast and the Furious movie where, where like, that's like, the post credits. They're all at Algarve. Vin Diesel as Dom is driving on the street, and he's like, "Maybe it's the last one." I think there are two or three more films coming out. On the last one, that they're they're, multi, they're a few years into this partnership at this point. There's a two parter coming. That's gonna be like the last on, one. About to drive on the streets, and he's like, "It's my last race. My family's been here this whole time," and he breaks the fourth wall and he looks at the camera. And he's like. Family's been here, but there's been nothing better than Olive Garden's unlimited breadsticks, which you can get now. <laughs> and he's just like a, mm-hmm. a quick advertisement, and he's just is eating breadsticks as he's racing one last time. Oh, see, mine
1: mine was more intense. Mine was gonna be the film ends with him defusing a bomb in an Olive Garden, and he's like, "Everyone, get out of here!" And like, and the 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 staff's like, "But but Dom, why would you save all of us?" And he goes, "Cause when you're here, you're
0: family." <laughs> There we go. There you go. Mm-hmm. You, there you go, Fast and the Furious franchise. There you go, Olive Garden. We're giving you gems here. We're giving you gems. If you're well, good let's... enough for Sonic the Hedgehog, you're good enough for Fast and the Furious. That's true. That's true. um uh, let's move on to Skyward Sword. Um this is a game that you guys have both been playing. Um uh, I see you guys on on the Switch a lot playing this game. Rich, you have finished this game up. Josh, I think you're probably close or you already have. Um go ahead and take it away. Um I'm close-ish. I'm I'm still I'm slowly picking away at it.
3: I'm I'm intending to go back through on the hard mode cuz this yeah, one has like a uh
1: there's a hero mode when yeah, you beat a it. Yeah, the
3: hero mode once you beat it once. So I'm kind of wasn't planning on doing like 100%ing it on my first playthrough. I was planning on doing that for like the the hero mode. I uh,
1: I did I did not 100% it, but uh I beat it. Um and I did go the extra mile of making sure I got the Hylian shield. Um, because it's the only unbreakable shield in that game, and the final boss is a bitch. If you have a shield that breaks, yeah,
2: um, I mean,
3: yeah, the shields are one of those things that, like, yes, but like, other than the first, the first shield that breaks easily from fire, if you just hit get hit by any fire, it ends up not kind of being a non-issue. Well, uh, if you part. have
1: a, at least a magic shield by that point, you can run while it recharges, yeah. but have, having the Hylian shield where you just do not need to worry at all is obviously the yes. best use case. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I carved through this. Review should be up on the site now. I, Skyward Sword Wait, is where, not where, my favorite where, Zelda. Where is that review at? It's over on swordshop.com. Oh, okay, just click on articles you. and check out the review of Skyward Sword HD. Um, it's not my favorite Zelda, obviously. This version really moves it up quite a bit for me, um, especially coming out the other end. Some of these dungeons are really great. Some of the items are just really fun, and it toys with that idea of the motion controls in neat ways that I think translates more than service serviceably to the thumbstick stuff. Like, even the actual motion control is better in this version, but I just kind of liked playing of it in handheld. Yeah. There's some weird stuff with the camera that I, I get into a little bit in there and how you trade it off, but I think they found a balance of making the best version of this.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm actually, and I'll, I'll tease it a little bit here because it very well might be up a few days after this podcast comes out. I'm working on um one thing I absolutely love about Skyward Sword and I knew I, I loved about it even before this, but I took a lot of notes about this and revisiting it made me, reminded me how much I, I love it even more. Gruus is the best ancillary Zelda character ever. He he is the only character in Zelda with an arc. He he is the only one who starts in a completely different place than he ends and it's all for the better. Like yeah. He's just such a an interesting character and I actually wish and still hope I guess that they I want to see different versions of Gruus. <laughs> in other zelda titles in the future he's just so fascinating and um clearly they had an idea for where his character like came from his theme is actually basically identical to the pirate theme from wind waker uh meaning like they had some but he's just i i I, i've been writing a lot about gurus and where he goes and what makes his character interesting he's just such a joy he's got a real biff tan energy he brings yeah uh to things he's a a lovable bully with a pompadour and i didn't notice this when i played skyward sword years ago i did notice this at the end of uh skyward sword this time loft loftwing because everyone in this game has this big bird pom- uh partner his loftwing also has a pompadour
3: yeah it's pretty it's pretty great he is he is a great character um like they're they're like i think other than i mean there are arcs in Majora's Mask, but, like, everyone has some sort of, like, mini arc. Yeah. Where they're kind of, like, their own self-contained thing, where this is kind of, like, built totally. into the main story in a really cool way.
1: Yeah, and um, when I say, like, ancillary characters, because, I mean, apart from, like, Link, Zelda, Ganon, and Impa, Yeah, 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 yeah. There's never really a lot of depth to characters, with the exception of maybe, like, the King of Red Lions and Wind Waker um, and stuff like that. But Groose is just, he has his own motivations, and they change, and he goes from being, like... This kind of like adorable bully to a genuine friend to you by the end, who has his own motivations and just kind of blossoms into actually being a great person. Hmm.
3: Yeah, yeah. They they do a good job with a lot of the side characters in this. Like most of them are not fleshed out to that extent, but a lot of them have other stuff going on that kind of and there is um as the story goes on.
1: You mentioned Majora's Mask, actually. There is almost a level of, like, the way people change as the game goes on to, like, Majora's Mask storytelling in Skyward Sword to a point. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite examples is uh, Gruz's sort of cronies, uh, Colin and Stritch. Yeah. Um, One of my favorite things to notice about them is, one, there's a great side quest with Colin where you can make a ghost fall in love with him. Yeah. Two uh, and it relates into that side quest. Colin and stritch are two of the only people in the night academy who have to share a bedroom for some reason, but mm-hmm. when gruce disappears a little bit into the game, Colin just starts sleeping in his room, which yeah. I thought was kind of funny,
3: yeah yeah, the best part about that is that gruce has a room that's clearly large enough for both of the others, but he took it for himself for, as well yeah it, yeah
1: also in gruce's room, he has a uh a sort of like sandbag for workouts with a picture of Link's face taped to it, yeah,
3: yeah. It's just, yeah, it's so great. There's so much characterization, um, in all the design around, around those characters, but, but
0: especially, and it's, yeah, it's really cool. One question I have is like, uh, this game is widely considered a black sheep of the Zelda franchise. Um, I think I think a lot of people looked at it pretty unfavorably when it first released for multiple reasons. Um, and so it was kind I of think shocking. I, one. Think for, I think it was kind of shocking for some people to hear that it was getting an HD remaster. Now that you guys have kind of played through a lot of this game. Well some of the somewhere. thoughts that you had, you know, 10 years Shay's ago when frozen. it first dropped. Has this iteration has this iteration changed the way you felt about it ten years ago? We missed a lot of that. You were frozen for a long time
3: you were you were frozen awesome. in the uh the the he man head back smile pose hey
2: yeah hey yeah, yeah. Hey, for hey, like hey, for like a good
3: good hey, fifteen twenty hey. seconds
0: lovely yeah. all right let me I let me do that hey. again then
2: hey let's go um
0: <laughs> and he
2: tries oh my oh no Try.
0: <laughs> okay um no, no all right let me go so i'm curious so this game is often widely considered the black sheep of the zelda franchise um, a lot of people had very mixed reviews on it when it first came out and so i think it was kind of shocking for some people to hear that it was getting an hd remaster in 2021 10 years later um kind of thinking about your guys's initial thoughts when it first released in 2011 to now how do you guys f- feel about it? like ha- have your thoughts overall about the game changed for the better for worse have they stayed s- fairly similar just evolved like i'm I, curious about that ch- changed
1: vastly for me and, and a lot of the review is me detailing just what's changed from that original version to the hd remaster because there is a lot aside from obviously the ability to not use the motion controls in my opinion, I think the motion controls bogged it down the most uh, initially, and making the new version of them better, and then stripping them out to make it more accessible to people who don't want to use that, is the big change for me. But there are so many yeah. things around the edges, um, like making Fee shut the fuck up, and
3: uh, so trimming a lot of the di- dialogue is optional. Where like it'll pop up, like, "Hey, I've got something to say to you. You can you can click to hear it or not." That used yeah. to be. You were just were required to sit through it, and it, the yes. pacing was so it the pacing much, slower.
1: So much. Um, it, it makes this game like, so much less of a slog to get through. Another big change, and it was a weird thing even then. In the original version, you know, obviously, when you're playing a Zelda game, when you pick up an item for the first time, you get that little bump, 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 and it tells you what it is. If you stopped playing the game originally on the Wii version and went back to it an hour later, like powered off the system and went back to it, that would happen again every time you picked all up an progress.
3: item. I, like, it's it, like they it, stored it, that in RAM instead of somewhere in your save file. And it was the weirdest fucking shit ever. Yeah. Um, like, hey, it's a green rupee. Hey, it's a yeah, blue rupee. It, like, exactly. Oh my god! Every time you'd stop and start the game again, it, like it, they did so much frankly minor minor stuff to drastically improve yeah the pacing because it it all added up to massive amounts of time that they were wasting and and now we're talking
1: about like a a world where when i was playing this for review like some days i sat down i did knocked out like three dungeons in one sitting Mm -hmm. i can't imagine doing that in the original version it would feel like such a slog um but I, I think because of that, you trim those parts that were particularly rough to palette back then. It makes all the stuff that was good shine that much brighter. Yeah. Specifically, I'm... like those dungeons are great. There are they're, they're definitely stronger ones in the series, but there are some really good ones, especially the final dungeon is such a unique dungeon. I don't think I've even seen anything like that in a Zelda game since. Um, it's it's undeniably unique in like one weird long puzzle. Um yeah. Josh, if you're there yet. The Sand Ship, I had completely forgotten about that one. That might be one of my favorite Zelda Dungeons ever.
3: It's really good. I love the Sand Ship. Um there are still a couple like signposting issues with it that they like uh they didn't I didn't notice them touching that up at all and there there are bits of it where you can kinda get stuck not not understanding where you want to go but like again i'd played it before so i knew where to go but like I, there are that's when you can kind of get stuck in a little bit but it's none of it such felt a, insurmountable a, to me exactly yeah it's it's not insurmountable at all um and honestly i didn't mind wandering around and kind of exploring it um a lot, like I, I enjoy that. Like I'm, I'm a weirdo who likes the water tempo, in Ocarina enough time. Like it's, it's that yeah, that, that amount of understanding a space, in like an an intimate level, um, is really like satisfying. And I think a lot of Zelda dungeons are best when they do that. Like I, like we, we um, we were talking about Link's Awakening earlier. A lot of the stuff they do at like the Eagle Tower is really cool. Um, where you're changing the way the level is interconnected by by moving yeah. stuff around in it, um, and I love that style of of Zelda. The San- and
1: the Sand Ship is very much that. I just feel like it's a version of that that does it so well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's God. E- there's so, so many smart things going on there, and they use the space they have. There's only three real big landmass kind of areas in Skyward Sword, but they keep expanding upon them in smart ways. And like that whole sand sea section is so weird and cool. Yeah. Um. I, I I think I'm going to remember this game a lot more favorably, and it also having this version now, it's easy to connect the dots of how much of Breath of the Wild is actually informed. By yep. Skyward Sword. There's so much stuff they're trying out there that ends up being like the DNA of Skyward Sword, like the stamina gauge, mm-hmm. the destructible shields, things
3: things like yeah. that. There is like this is uh same director on this one. This is this was his, yeah, his and... first go at that, and you can kinda tell that they were He took the took tra- the worked. training wheels were still on in this go around. It is still very much in the the you know zelda dungeon formula but he was trying some weird different stuff with it um
1: and a lot of people by the way have been saying i think it probably does stand to reason that a big reason this is coming out now is because of the success of breath of the wild and it being his first zelda game and that you're going to see a quick uh a through line between skyward sword to breath of the wild to breath of the wild 2 that'll very much be like this is his zelda trilogy
0: yeah 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 i was just gonna say that yeah Cool. Well, yeah, there you go. I'm, I'm glad that you guys have really enjoyed the game and had a lot of fun with it. Um, I know you guys both have some more time with it, but, well, more so Josh than Rich, but.
1: I hope yeah. everyone enjoys the thumbnail I picked for that review
0: when it drops, when, it, when it'll <laughs> already be out by now. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Okay, so uh, the next game we're going to jump into is Ender Lilies. Um, Josh and I have talked about that a lot at this point. Um, I'm not going to talk about it too much more. We're going to be doing a chomping after dark on that here in the near future, which I'm absolutely excited about. Uh, I just want to say that I really enjoyed the game, like the, the final stuff that I did in that game. I finished it after we did our last episode, um, not, not the most recent one that dropped the two weeks ago, that episode. And I absolutely love the ending of that game. Um, I won't spoil it here, obviously. But the game really goes places, and one of the things I really love about that game that I want to mention here is that it does start a little bit slow as it's trying to get you into the world, but then it picks up pretty quickly, and that that ball just keeps on rolling until you get to the end, and it's so satisfying. Uh, this game really did a good job of uh, looking at its predecessors, looking at its inspiration and making it its own beautiful thing and the story is not convoluted it could have been a really convoluted story and it feels like it may go that route but it never goes to be convoluted it's um when you get to the ending it's a very satisfying and simple way that it's tied up and it's beautiful um i really enjoyed the ending of that game a lot uh I know a lot of people are probably like, "Ah, another Metroidvania," but this one is absolutely worth your time. And I know I say that about a lot of Metroidvanias cuz I it's a genre I very much love. Uh I, I you know, obviously it to me Ori is still the the top of the line, Ori and the Will of the Wisps specifically is the 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 highest you can get in terms of Metroidvania in my mind. Um but this game is a very good game. It is an incredibly fun game. Um there's a lot to do here there's a lot there was a lot for me of backtracking uh the one the one knock I have on the game is that some of the items that you have to get in the game some of the backtracking to get certain items they're very 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 well hidden to the point to where you have no idea and there are certain abilities that you get towards the end of the game that force you to go back to certain areas and explore how to combine using those abilities to get certain items, and there's no way I would have found some of those items without a guide, and that's and that's not a bad thing. Um, I don't think I said it was a knock, and I do think it maybe the better way of approaching that is saying that it should be noted um, because it was it was a little bit frustrating, like coming to those parts earlier in the game and not understanding how I'm supposed to get to this item. And then I think about, oh, it's a Metroidvania game. I'm sure it'll become apparent to me the further in the game I get. Um, But even when I was at the end of the game and I was like, I still have no idea what I'm missing here. Um, And then reading that guide, I was like, that makes sense. I probably wouldn't have thought about it in that way, but it makes sense. And I, I, I need to start opening my mind and expanding that a little bit more in the confines of this game. Um, so I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's a negative thing. It got me frustrated a little bit, um, but that's just due to my own impatience. So I wouldn't knock the game for that. I guess so. I should reward that. Eh. It can that part can be a little bit frustrating, but overall, I mean, it's, you're gonna hear again. Yeah, you're gonna so, hear it's only about a it knock more. if you're a
3: completionist because it's
0: yes, exactly. That's the best side way content so that's the best way to put it um like i said in my review you can read more detailed um thoughts about what i thought about the game there and when we do the chomping after dark here in a few weeks and when we drop that episode um you will get to hear all about the amazing story that is in this game um i cannot wait to talk about that story um Mm -hmm. it is phenomenal like the way it wraps up is so satisfying and it's so just peaceful um that may that may be a spoiler unfortunately and i'm sorry but um yeah i i really enjoyed my time with that game i'm glad that i took a chance when i was very hesitant on it and i was like you know i'm just gonna do it and josh said the same thing and i'm just i'm absolutely satisfied that both him and i took that chance worth it 100 percent worth it i think it's a must-play game this year so i'll leave it at that Um, right now we're going to take another quick commercial break and then we're going to come back we have a few more games to talk about and then we have the social media polls it'll be some quick hitters we didn't have any many polls this week Um, and then the show is wrapped up so uh, yes we know it's a longer show sorry this is what happens when we take a break usually but uh, we'll be right back and we will wrap up the show so please don't you go anywhere be right back
2: hey there welcome
0: if you found this, you must be listening to The Chompcast. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for being here. I know you're wondering...
2: No. Hey, Shay, tell them about the other podcast.
0: <sighs> yes, I know you're wondering... What else could I listen to? Don't
1: forget the other podcast.
0: <sighs> what else could I possibly listen to tell them about the from other these podcast. guys who... Shut the fuck up. I'm about to tell them. As I was saying, if you want more content from us and you want to hear us talk more about video games, head over to swordchomp.com where you can check out our other podcasts such as Chomping After Dark, a spoiler cast that deep dives on various games and movies, and Evoking the Sublime, where Shay breaks down the history and creation of a video game often paired with interviews from various developers. Thank you. And enjoy. And we are back in the house. That is the Sword Chomp house. Uh, I know you missed us from that one minute break that um, you took away from us. Don't worry. We have a few more games to talk about. Now, Rich played a fucking game called Omno, and he's going to fucking talk about it right now. Yeah, bro. Fucking tell uh... us about this fucking game, Rich.
1: Why are you getting so angry? Jesus fucking Christ, you fucking asshole. Fuck! Um, Omno, um, yeah. This is on Game Pass. Um I it's on Switch, PS4, Xbox One, PC. I played the PC version on Game Pass. Um, not a particularly challenging game. I beat it in one sitting, but it's one I had some fun with. Um is a very light puzzle platformer. Uh it's mostly kind of about the atmosphere, though, so it's there is a story, but it's a lot of, you know, implied storytelling. There's no spoken dialogue or anything like that. You are playing as this staff-wielding pilgrim on sort of a uh, a spiritual quest to find this portal. And uh, basically, you pass through a few different environments, and as you move, as you, as you enter each new area, you get a new sort of means of traversal. Like, at one point, you get a, a teleport, a, a close-range teleport, Um you get the ability to surf on your staff at one point. There's a hover mechanic, a few different things as the game expands outward. But it kind of follows the same formula of you're following like a a narrow path that'll teach you the new ability you just learned. And then eventually it opens up into sort of a wide valley. Like one of them is this desert gorge, one of them is a, a frozen lake, one of them is a mountain. And there are these orbs of light and you need to solve a bunch of puzzles in order to get at least three orbs of light to move on to the next area. You can get more than that. I 100%ed every area as I went through, uh, just because it wasn't, like, it was insanely challenging to do so, and it was kind of fun to move around. Like, all the movement Mm -hmm. feels really good, especially that ability to surf on the staff feels amazing. And it was more fun to kind of try and grab everything and just take in the atmosphere, because every landscape is, like, amazingly beautiful. It's a simple art style. But all the, like, flora and fauna and the way they interact with the world, there's a whole glossary for all the different creatures you encounter that you can read different things about them. And you can find these stone tablets where different pilgrims who came before you kind of left their thoughts as they traveled through this place. And you you glean most of the story through that um, and what's going on. And you have a little hovering pet that follows you around that you can press X to give him some pets if you want. Mm Mm-hmm. Music is beautiful. Art is beautiful. I, I have a review up for it. It's a very short review because there's just not a lot to say about it. Uh, but I think I th- it's a really good way to kill an afternoon because it is relaxing. It's pretty. And the, the platforming is tight, even if the puzzles aren't particularly challenging. I think they stretch your brain in a fun way because I was explaining it to the, the guys just the other day. I, I think I said to you guys in WhatsApp. The puzzles never feel hard, like not a single one of them stumped me, but they're satisfying in the way of you can look directly at the puzzle, take like 2 seconds to think it over and just go, "I understand this," and then immediately put it into action, and there's something satisfying about that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's nice like where a lot of games they try and like cause you to think of new ways to solve a puzzle or to try and like kind of stump you at first glance. That's probably a nice change of pace. Um one of the questions I actually had uh because i i recently downloaded this game from game pass myself one of the questions that i had was um it seems like there's a lot of obviously like spirituality and nature kind of thing like the whole shin shinrin yoku kind of uh japanese bathe in the forest bathe in nature kind of mentality of this game do you see any kind of um spiritual influence from other cultures or just other cultural influences in this game, or is it largely just based off of enjoying nature? Uh,
1: I think there's some clear influences. Uh, I think more specifically, there's one very particular Japanese one, um, which is as you get to every area and these are some of the trophies are for riding on the legendary animals, which one of the first ones is basically you'll encounter these very large animals at different points and they sometimes ferry you into the next area. Like, very early on, you find this giant turtle, and you step on his head, and it kind of goes into a cinematic view as he sort of drifts you over to another island. Um, But I think the Japanese influence is clear, particularly in one of the areas towards, like, the... not quite the end, I'd say, like, halfway point of the game. um, You find one of the, quote-unquote, legendary creatures is this sort of big, like, Japanese or just Asian-in-design-looking dragon. And in his description, it says that, like, early depictions of the pilgrims, which are the the person your character is from, are depicted with these creatures. But no one, uh, you know, believed that they were still alive or whatever. You get to ride on one of these. There's one section that's particularly beautiful looking where you ri- you're riding on the head of this sort of long-necked, almost like Brontosaurus-like creature. Um, mm-hmm. and there's, like, a fog setting in over this big empty plane. Like, some of those sequences are just really cool to take in.
0: Cool. Cool. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to playing it like sitting down in one afternoon and just kind of crushing it out. It looks like a fun little relaxing game. So I'm glad you got around to it. It, um, it was one of those things where I, I think when I mentioned to you guys, I was like, I
1: downloaded it and I'm like, let me step in and uh, <laughs> just see what the, you know, the first area is about. And then I just messaged you guys later. And I'm like, all right, I beat it. <laughs> like I yeah. just never got up from that
0: chair. <laughs> Yeah, I like that, though. I like that. I kind of had a similar experience with uh, Narita Boy, which is a game that dropped earlier this year. I know you guys kind of talked about it. Um, So I'm not going to mention too much, because I know you guys probably had a lengthier discussion. Um, It's a game that's been sitting on my Game Pass queue for quite some time. And after finishing Ender Lilies and having my time with Pokemon Unite, I was like, I need to crush out some of these games off of my Game Pass uh, list, you know, or crush out some games from my backlog. Instead of just pouring time into this game that's, you know, um not gonna afford me a lot. And so I saw Narita Boy and I was like, Okay, how long is this? And I was like looking up some of the game length of some of the games that are on my queue and I'm like, Oh, this is one of the shorter games, so I think I could, you know, play this over the next few days. I played it at first I really was not like I enjoyed the aesthetic of the game, I enjoyed the music of the game, but I was not really getting into the gameplay at all at the beginning. Um and it felt very slow paced with how verbose it was at the beginning of the game. Um, that's one of the things, but I'll, I'll get into that here in a quick minute or two. Um, but as I got further in the game and I started picking up abilities and fighting all these different enemies and going to these different areas, it sucked me in. It, it sucked me in um, pretty quickly. You know, uh, It didn't start out the strongest, but then it got good really quickly. Or it became good really quickly. I don't want to say got good because it sounds like I'm saying get good. But um, yeah, I really love the music in this game a lot, first and foremost. And secondly, I really love the visuals. I love how it's a love letter to 80s style games and culture. I really appreciated that. I got some Tron vibes, which very much it's going for that. Uh I had so much fun with that game that I ended up playing it in two sittings. I played it that first night and I was like, eh, I'm not so keen on this." And then a few days later I sat down to play it and I just didn't get off of my my sofa until I beat it that night. Um shortly before I went to play basketball. It, yeah, it was a super fun game. I had a yeah, I just had a blast. Uh I don't want to talk about it too much because um like I said you guys have already talked about it one of the things that was difficult for me to get into is like I said at the beginning it's very verbose um there's a lot of dialogue and they don't talk in a typical way that you would have a conversation with other people it's more um more centered around like tech talk kind of and that's purposeful it's very purposeful in the way that it's doing that but it's not a way that you would typically talk or at least to that depth unless you are like a computer engineer and so it was taking me a little bit of time to kind of like get through some of the dialogue i was like okay what is this trying to say and i'd have to read it out loud to myself and be like okay i got that now i got that and then there were some words that i actually had to Mm. look up that i didn't know like ansible was a word i didn't know um so i had to look that up for example um because i'm not super techie to be honest with you but that was kind of cool that, that it ca- caused me to look up some words that I didn't know that weren't t- typically in my vocabulary, but, um, the ending is really yeah. good. I, I, I could for, say a for, lot for about of, the story. Yeah.
3: Sorry. So you're going to throw a word out there like that. People should know what it means. It's, it's a constable, but for ants,
0: it's
3: an ansible.
2: <laughs> Thanks, John.
0: <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. I should have cleared that up. Yeah. Thank yeah. You, no, you,
3: no. Otherwise people are going to wonder.
1: Not to be confused with the Ant-Man yeah. villain Ansible, mm-hmm. um, whose name is obviously
0: derived from the same place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you guys for clearing that up for me. Um, and that's <laughs> and that's a
1: and that's a villain to the Greg O'Grady Ant-Man, not Scott Lang or Hank Pym. Just so everyone knows. Yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. Everybody was wondering. But um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Greg <laughs> O'Grady,
1: everybody's everybody's favorite Ant-Man.
0: Uh. But the one thing I will say, the shining light of this, the visuals are amazing, the music is amazing, the story. And it's rolled out to you in increments, and it's like the story really got me invested. And it's it kind of gets ridiculous at the end, and rightfully so, because it's a game that doesn't take itself too seriously, but I was really invested in the story. Um, I'm not going to reveal that here. Uh, just go, like, if you're interested at all, uh, go read like the beginning of the plot and then play the game yourself or better yet just go play the game you could finish it in two sittings it's on game pass right now phenomenal game I absolutely recommend this game I had a lot of fun uh, some of the puzzles and like the backtracking was a little bit counterintuitive for me I believe Um, I really like yeah. I would focus and I'd be like where the hell am I supposed to go and I kept backtracking multiple There's times a- to these areas and then it'd be like Oh, yeah. you can actually enter this little sliver of an area that's in the background and you have to stand on this platform just right to get the button prompt to go into this door. That happened to me multiple times yeah. um, that that is probably the the most frustrating part about the game um it was for me is like some of those areas and some of those puzzles weren't intuitive at all and um after you played the game long enough and you realize that and you kind of understood what they were going for were you able to recognize some of those things so um but overall really fun game really easy way to spend a few days like i think it's like eight to ten hours good way to spend yeah. a game or it's time playing a game so um that's narita boy and the last game we're going to talk about today uh josh and you're going to talk about the la- not the last stop um they played this a little bit and they wanted to briefly mention it so Floor is yours, boys. So,
3: Last Stop is a... kind of narrative-focused game where you're exploring different characters' perspectives of uh, some strange going goings-on in London. Um,
1: oh, in London town, eh, Gov?
3: Yeah, where you're kind of... What up, um, bruv? There's like a, a, sh- a really short intro thing to kind of give you the fantastical elements going forward at which point you're you're following one of three characters on like different chapters where like you can pick which order you want to play the three chapter ones of and then the three chapter twos um that is doing some
2: interesting stylistic decisions, um,
3: with, I mean, this, this is fairly common in, in, like, other media of, like, background characters just aren't as detailed. Um, we like, all, all the background characters are essentially faceless in this game, but it's, like, a, you know, not, like, realistic but it's a higher poly game with completely faceless background characters uh which i you know generally that decision is made to you know not have them distract from the main story and it's so strange in this format that it kind of does the opposite it's funny you mentioned that because that didn't bother me at all
1: did that not no it We haven't actually talked about why I stopped playing this, Hmm. Um, and I'm curious if you feel the same way with your time you put in. The reason I stopped playing this game is because it is very much a quote-unquote walking simulator, which is a game about you making dialogue choices to advance the story.
3: And then just walking in a straight line. Yeah. Yeah.
1: In every single instance where there was a dialogue option or a choice to be made, I felt like none of it mattered. It was three ways to say the same thing with a yep. different inflection. And one of the characters... 90% of the time.
3: Yeah, I f- yes. Um, one of the characters, I felt like your choices actually mattered. Um, there, there's couldn't a, have been the what I was doing. The, a teenage girl who has... Her her options are different enough as far as like what, how your okay. response is to the rest of the family. The other two characters, which are essentially a middle-aged man and woman, yes, all the answers are essentially different ways of saying the same thing. Uh, just kind of, yeah. like, exactly how much of an asshole do you want to be while, which, yes, exactly. while which, blowing off this person? To um, me,
1: that defeats the purpose of it being a game, and I know there are exceptions to this where you, you can give more agency to a person but still have the character be the character but when that's the only sense of agency they're trying to give you and it feels like a false agency, it, it takes me out of it. And I don't, I don't think the story yeah. is bad. I just, like, it, it's weird that you're trying to do it I, this way and it, it, it makes it unenjoyable for me.
3: I suspect that they're going somewhere with that because, again, the teenager's the only one who has decisions that matter at all. Uh-huh. Uh, like, in the first chapter, you can decide whether or not Oh, we're gonna tell the cops about this thing that happened, which is you know you you never are able to do that. Man, and, parrots like, just don't understand. Yeah, and the choices were different. Like you'll get three different responses instead of just essentially the same thing. Um, one of them in particular, the 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 older guy. All of the options are identical, essentially, just. I'm downtrodden. I'm always going to give in whenever my boss tells me anything going on here, and they are the least impactful. And I've got a feeling that they're they're going somewhere with this. Which, again, like I I wouldn't give up on it because they're all very quick. Like those first chapters, sure, blow I, I think by. Maybe...
1: If there was less stuff I also wanted to play right now, I would yeah. devote more time to it. But it became a blurred line of me, like you said earlier. It, it, a lot of it seems like this is the way it's going to be. But how much of a douche do I want to be about it?
3: Yeah, ex- yeah exactly, exactly. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm gonna keep, I'm gonna stick with it because I don't think it's. Please let, let me know, and the, let me know if
1: you come out the other end thinking it is worth powering through that stuff to see it through to the end. Because yeah, but, I just there, there's there's six other things I want to play. That dodgeball RPG, Josh. I don't have time. Yeah, I
3: know. <laughs> uh, there's too much coming out right now. I'm, I'm I think I'm gonna stick with this one because I don't like most of these narrative games aren't that long. I assume this one's not gonna be yeah. that long either. Um, I'm gonna
1: play the dodgeball RPG. I'll let you.
3: Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. My my stuff was mostly the stylistic choices because this is like the the random faceless characters. Like if you walk through them, in order to make sure that your straight line that you're walking in, all they'll just disappear and then show up back behind you again. Cause, well, yeah, they're ghosts. Yeah, essentially. Um So there's, the there's that haunted. there's th- like the voice acting's really good, the music is amazing in the game, but then you end up with just some of the jankiest animations I've seen in years. Um a lot of the models are just these awkward sort of, you know, like Barbie or Ken doll looking characters. Um, And they're animated around like it is a kid, just kind of banging them around, stomping where it's, it is stylistically. I I feel like there's kind of vastly different polish levels on different aspects of the game. Sure. Um and that's it's a little distracting to me so far.
2: Fair enough. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Well, there you go. That's
0: our gaming section. Um we played a lot of games this week, but at the same time we had two weeks worth of games kind of built up as well. So I think it makes sense. But uh now we're gonna do our social media polls. I'm gonna go run through them pretty quickly. Um <clears throat> There weren't a lot this week, like I said, I kinda wanted to focus on our five years, and so some of the stories took that space up. But I did do I did manage to do a few polls uh in between there. I said one of the polls was overall, are you currently pleased with the entertainment value that Swordchomp offers you? If not, feel free to message us and let us know. And um, yeah, I if th- I think I'm pretty happy with it, um, the overall results. 92% of people said yes. They're overall pleased with it. Um, I had one guy message me. He's like, no, no, no. I meant to say yes. I accidentally pressed no. I was like, don't worry about it. Too. It's not a big deal. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was the only self. It's cool. We just unfollowed you. Yeah. That was the only self-serving one that I put. Uh, another one. Have you enjoyed gaming in 2021 so far? And 81% of people said, I am loving it. And 19% of people said, Nope, no way. Which I was a little bit surprised about that. I've really been enjoying gaming this year. It's been a lot of fun. Maybe people mean like they haven't had enough time or I've never actually enjoyed
1: gaming. It's just a thing that I do.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, but I think this year has been really great for gaming so far. Um, even though there hasn't been a lot being released for like the PS5 or the Xbox Series X, stuff like that. We've gotten a lot of cool announcements, a lot to be excited and look forward to in the coming years. And some of us, like me, have been able to jump back and get into some older games and finish some older games that we haven't been able to finish. So it's been a nice aspect to gaming this year. Um, I asked, have you played Enter Lily's Quietest of the Nights yet? And 32% of people said it's great. And 68% of people said, it's Seems great. High. I tricked people because <laughs> usually I put like the <laughs> affirmative answer on the, on the left side and the uh, negative answer on the right side. And I just put, it's great or it's great. So hundred uh, percent of people said, it's great. I'm proud of you guys. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Cause it is a great game. Uh, and you should play it. The last poll I did was, have you been surprised, impressed and enjoying the NBA free agency so far? Uh, forty percent of people said, "Oh yeah, I love basketball," and sixty percent of people said, "Fuck basketball." So, um, that was to be expected. That one was completely self-serving because uh, last week the um, man, the free agency was fun. It was a lot of fun. I've been talking about it with some of my friends here, uh, kind of talking. A- about, like, how the Lakers are looking right now, how the Bulls are looking, how the Heat are looking, and you guys are like, shut the fuck up. I don't give a shit about basketball, so I'll keep my conversation brief and right there. It's going to be an interesting <laughs> year for basketball this coming year, and I'm excited to see how it shakes out. But, mm-hmm. um yeah, I mean, that was it for the polls. Like I said, very short, simple, easy. Not a lot to discuss there. Um, just some fun polls. But if you're ever interested in participating in the polls, they'll usually be more... Detailed and a lot more relevant to everybody. Um, uh, you every Tuesday at the Swordchomp Instagram, you can head over there and vote in the polls. We love reading the results. We love reacting to them live on the podcast. So um, yeah, please participate and vote and join in. But that's going to wrap up this really, really long and amazing and fun episode, guys. Episode 250 is in the books. We have hit. The five-year mark. Um, I'm really excited to see what we have in store for us in the coming years and in the coming episodes. we also, I just I didn't get to mention this in the show at all. I want to mention this on the back end really quickly. We dropped another episode in our feed earlier this week. Rich ended up posting that one. He kind of organized it. We talked a bit about the Blizzard controversy. We figured to keep that out of the main show and just like make it its own separate thing. Um, it was a really fun and interesting and insightful episode. Um, we had we kind of aired some things out amongst ourselves and uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a very enjoyable episode to do. So that's on the feed if you haven't listened to it please give it a check out. Um, Rich worked really hard on that episode and uh, we had Ray join us, which was awesome. I was glad to get him back on another episode, but uh, that's going to do it for this week. Uh, I want to thank each and every one of you past present uh, for supporting us. And in the future, if you're listening to this and you just found us, Hey, thanks for listening to episode 250. It's a, it's been a long journey. We hope that you get on board with us at any time and take the journey with us. We have so much more that we have planned. We have so much more left to give. We're not going anywhere. I can guarantee you that next episode we quit. No, uh, we're not going anywhere. We have a lot more. Got (laughs) him. Zing. Uh, But thank you so much for supporting us. We love you. You make this possible. And I mean that. Um, We couldn't have gotten to episode 250 without your love and support. And... um, We appreciate it. Mm -hmm. So also I wouldn't have gotten here if it wasn't for my good friends here. Josh hailing in from Michigan for a few more weeks. Thank you so much for being here, Josh and being, uh, taking this journey with me through the past 10 plus years. Um, I appreciate it. Rich wouldn't be here without you, buddy. Um, can't believe this is my 250th episode here. I appreciate you being here, man. I do love you, man. And, uh, Ray, I'm glad that you've joined us. Um, I still need to get to know you a little bit better, but I'll say I like you. I'm not quite loving you yet because uh, I barely know you, but I'm going to get to that point. And uh, we wouldn't have got here without family. I can say that. And that is where we will let this meme die because I think that meme's already pretty much dead, but we'll kill it here at episode 250. Cool, murder. Killing it for the internet. You're welcome, internet. You are It's like welcome.
1: a snuff film up in this bitch.
0: Um, and I was Shay your host Uh, thank you so much for graciously listening to me and not telling me I'm a piece of shit or my voice sounds terrible Um, we love you we will be back next week for another wonderful fun exciting episode of the chomp cast be safe out there please Um, if you still want to wear your mask please wear your mask wash your hands I think everybody should but I'm not going to tell you what to do because I'm not your fucking mom Um, I will wear your mask and wash your hands you should wear your mask you should wash your hands you should drink lots of water and uh most importantly just be yourself be wonderful out there and uh do some good for some someone else even if it's buying a coffee at starbucks or if it's buying a flower for somebody who looks down and needs it just do something nice for somebody this week for no reason just do it just do it but anyways be well take care we will see you next week that piece of shit's voice sounds terrible I'm hey, oh hey, this now, is such a fucking rude thing.